radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. All right. Burn blue on the street. Loose and complete under sky, so smoky blue green. I can't foresee a Dixie did she, so we dance the sidewalk clean. My memory is muddy, what's this river that I'm in? New Orleans is sinking, man, and I don't want to swim. New Orleans is sinking, the tragically hip there to start up, uh, laced up a hockey podcast. I'm Bruce Vitaglia. I'm sick. <laughs> How you feeling, buddy? My, uh, my head is killing me. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you, um, you know, it's getting to be flu season and, uh, Jimmy here has got some sort of a bug. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's James Cole, by the way. I am. Thank you. Thank you. I'm gonna need a lot of help today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Saturday night, we were uh, we were at the bars. I uh, <laughs> I performed on stage actually, and uh, Sunday was a little off, you know. And I uh, thought maybe it was just a, a result of result hitting of the town so hard. Yeah. And, and uh, nope, Monday Monday came, and uh, that's all she wrote for yeah. Jimmy. See, I've I've sort of felt off since then too, but again, I think that was like a result of of Sunday being a bit of a rough day, and then you know I got to get up and go to work every day, so like I just haven't been I've been working like an hour and a half earlier than I normally start this week, so I think that that's all it is. But uh, yeah, I don't know, buddy. Yeah. We got to get you some some eucalyptus. Yeah, sure. Maybe. I mean, there's another drug that's now legally available in, Ooh, our, in yeah, our country. Oh, yeah, that's today. That's today. Uh, acid is now legal. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if you've, uh, if you people have heard, but the uh, the cannabis plant, what's well, that? Yeah, cannabis. Yeah. Is now in, uh, legal. In, Ontario cannabis store is now a thing. Kind of voids or kind of roids or whatever they're called. The, sure, man. It's gonna be a bunch of products that I, I was re, I was watching the news today and they just they talked about all these different things that's allowed to be in and now and yeah. shit. Was, You're not a very educated fellow when it well, comes to that, right? Like, so now it's gonna really. be an interesting time for you because yeah. now you're gonna like this is just gonna be a thing now that like people talk about with more regularity. You know? Yeah. And like at the the state the stigma has to be gone. Because now it's 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 should be treated the same as your alcohols, right? Like we're kind of at that point now. You're right. So but like alcohol isn't in a bunch of like wonderful products that you can buy, like clothing and creams. And well, that's true and too. Stuff. Yeah. I, I find that to be more interesting. Yeah, you know, oh, wow. than okay. the plant itself. You're gonna be real hippie about it, aren't you? Yeah, you know, I'm. Uh, I, I was surprised. I was mother, surprised. Mother Earth, man. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you know what I couldn't get used to today, and like, you know, it's it's not like again, I'm not a swear, folks, but like, normally, you know, when you would just be out in public and like, you're in like a really public area, and there's someone who's, you know, smoking the plant, and you smell it, and you're like, that's kind of ballsy, and so today I was out and standing beside a guy, and he was smoking weed, and I'm like, 
wow, we're, like, <laughs> we're around a lot of people. Like, what's he doing? And then, like, it took me, like, ten minutes. I'm like, I guess that's fine now. Yeah. It doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It was kind of weird. But, yeah, yeah it was cool. About time. It was cool. About time. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it's it's great. It's kind of weird. We're the second country. Yeah. That has fully ever done that. I didn't know that. I thought, like, Australia had done it and stuff like that. I well, guess like, I work with a guy from... He's born Australia. in Jamaica. Oh, Jamaica. Okay. No. We also work with a guy from Australia. I, I do. Yeah, but That's not the story, then. No. Uh, no, there's there's a guy I work with from Jamaica, and we were talking. And he's he's an older gentleman, about my dad's age. And uh, and, I was, and I was out... Ted <laughs> from Ted's Kitchen. Well, no, but I, I was asking him. I said... <laughs> yeah, I know Ted. I said, uh, well, like... Is it legal down there? Because there's, you know, so much connotation with Jamaica and, you know, the marijuana and everything. And he, he claimed to me that it was. But we all know that at Amsterdam, yeah, you know, that's... So is it is it Holland that was first or was it Jamaica? I'm kind of confused now. It's actually was... neither, which is the interesting part. Oh, okay. So I, I found out today, I could give you an hour to maybe try it. Like, we could come back to the end of the podcast. You wouldn't get it. Give, give, give me a give me a continent. <laughs> South America, huh? Um, uh, Paraguay. You're really close, though. It's Uruguay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was fucking really close. Um. Yeah. So I, I didn't know that first off, Weird. but secondly, like I could have swore I had heard Australia and Jamaica had done it. So I don't know how it works in Jamaica, Australia. I don't really know. Like I don't, I don't smoke a lot of this stuff because sure. it was illegal till today. So now right. I'm gonna smoke it, right? Never smoked it before, you know. Wink, right. Wink, wink. Not right. much. But actually, I literally do not know a lot about it because I, I never have smoked it with regularity. So I've never really, you know what I mean, done any research into the fact that I never really cared. Yeah. So a lot of my friends know about it, but yeah, I didn't, I didn't. No, I don't know. My co-worker from Australia, he, he and I talked about it briefly. He's, he figures it's, it's coming, but it, it's it's not legal yeah. there. Uh, I guess it's not legal. And I mean, like, I know Amsterdam's, maybe that's just as a municipal thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. I think that's just a municipal thing. So, I don't think it's a yeah. whole country, but it could be wrong. Wow, well, cool. it obviously isn't a right. country. Yeah, I learned that from, uh, from Jay and Dan. Nice. Actually, they had Max and uh, Nick from the Arkells on this week on the podcast, so I was listening to that, and they literally Googled it, and the answer is Uruguay. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. The more you know. Thanks to Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole for that tip. Beauty. Um, okay, well, another another interesting uh, thing about today is today is the one-year uh, anniversary of the passing of uh, Gordon Edgar Downey, the uh, lead singer of the Tragically Hip. Mm-hmm. Um it was nice for the government to go out there and, you know, give us something to, you know, help us deliver. Oh, there's there's no way that they didn't pick this day on purpose. Oh. Like, there's no way. Him and Trudeau are buddies. Yeah, like, fucking, fucking buddy Trudeau. He probably told him about it. He said, like, hey, once, you know, once this is all over. And one year after you're gone, uh, buddy, yeah. this whole country's getting blazed. Yeah. He told him that day, and that's when Gord's like, yeah. pull the, just pull the plug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, He's boy. like, let's do it. That's dark. Yeah. Well, whatever. He would have been down. He would have been down. Listen, like, you know what? The way I thought about it is I was wondering if we were going to need to have, like, a little somber conversation about Gord. And, like, you and I know, having followed Gord very closely as fans for um, the better part of, I guess, 15 years, 
and uh, he would not want anyone to be sad or anything like the day it happened, the anniversary of the day. Like, this is a party day. This is a day to celebrate yeah. two things in this country, the, the two things that this country loves most, <laughs> other than maple syrup and alcohol. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Um... It's weird that it's been a year, though. It was. I woke up, like that, and... That was, that's the weird part. You know, I remember, like like I said, like I, I, I had a show there Saturday night, and I was, was... Yeah, just tell the folks what you were doing Saturday night. We did a, we if, did a tragedy... If, if people uh, are, like, not yeah, aware of your love for I the so. hip that are listening to the show. We did a tragedy hip cover thing on Saturday at the Foundry, and it was supposed to be... James was in a tragically hip cover band, and James was Gord Downey. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Hat and all. That was um. That was the best one I've seen you guys do. Oh, good. You guys crushed it on it's, Saturday. It's getting better with each rendition, I believe. And it's, I don't know how many times we got left in us, but uh, no, we all enjoy it. It was fun, but uh, the whole the whole thing was put together as kind of a a one year, you know, honoring of his life since his passing and and but yeah, no, I I woke up this morning and I I almost kind of forgotten, you know, that I, like. That, that was the day and it had been a year and you know as the day went on you know you're seeing a little bit more here and there on social media and the radio stations were all playing the, the hits and everything like that and uh, I'm, I'm hoping for most it wasn't a sad day because as you alluded to it shouldn't be a sad day um, but it was it was a an honorable day it was a day that you know it was worth taking five minutes out of your time yeah. and saying hey this happened and here yeah. we are. The one thing that uh, that always sort of resonated with me with uh, with Gord was was you know after he had passed um, last year, Bob McKenzie did a uh, did a podcast dedicated to mm. to Gord Downey, and so he had uh, he had pulled up some interviews because uh, Gord does a interview for Bob's book Hockey Confidential, which he released about five years ago. So there's a chapter in there where it's pretty much just excerpts uh, of him and Gord's conversation, Gord's background with hockey. But one of um, one of the quotes that that Gord said uh, in that interview was um, was just about how he had never really lived his life uh, um, looking back. He had never like taken time to actually look back and kind of let things sink in. And he said he wanted to eventually do that one day, but he, he said he didn't really know how. He always was kind of looking forward, and he was kind of always living in the moment. And I think, uh, I think that's the way we remember Gord, because he, you know what I mean. He just, and and that's always what I took away from him was just um, live in the moment and, and and control what you can control and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's still sad that he's gone, and it still sucks, but. Uh, we had a lot of memor a, a lot of wonderful memories uh, that he's given us and given us as a country and fans. So, um, do you think it's a day of celebration? Do you think, think there's going to be any more um, material from the from the band? You know, with with maybe some tracks that he had done before he passed away. I remember in that one interview he had with Peter Mansbridge, he alluded to the fact that there was there were some things out there. Yeah, but do you think the bandmates uh, would would feel comfortable moving I, I forward think with that kind of stuff? Knowing that band, and it's one of the few bands that I think would have even asked a question of a guy. I feel like it's something they probably discussed before he passed, if he wanted them to do it or not. Mm -hmm. And if they do it, then I think that was something Gord wanted them to do. And if they don't, then I think it was 
it was something that Gord didn't want them to do. Like, I feel like that that's something they've discussed. And personally, I, I, I don't expect that, but obviously it'd be pretty cool. Um, it'd be, it'd be bizarre. It would be weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a lot of, it wouldn't, they wouldn't be the first band to do that. No. Not, not a long shot, but, um, you know, there's still Nirvana songs getting released to this day. True. He's been gone for over 20 years now. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But again, I feel like that's something that the band had probably decided before he even passed away. So I'll be curious to see. Um, okay. Hockey. 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 This is a, this is a loaded podcast, actually. Oh, my God. We've got so hit, much we've hockey. About. We've got an interview later in the we episode. Do. Yes, we, have, we have our, uh, our first official uh, interview, interview, I guess. Yeah. yeah. We are now um, interviewing. Cody was more a guest. Interviewers. Yeah. Um, yeah, our first, our first guest on the podcast. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but first off, and this just happened a few hours ago, and it will have happened by the time the podcast comes out. So I'm very interested to see what ends up happening. Uh, Corey Crawford is set to return to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, so last night, when you listen to this, um, I am shocked, to be quite honest with you. Hmm. I kind of assumed Corey Crawford had played his last game in the National Hockey League. I really didn't think nope. he was going to come back. And there was so much discussion that um, when he came back for a little bit there in spring or in spring training, in training camp that uh, that he had come back for insurance reasons and that he wasn't necessarily prepared to come back. And since that happened, because he didn't skate, he skated maybe two days in a row, I think is what it was. Hmm. And then he was, then that was it. And I hadn't heard of him touching the ice until this afternoon where I got a notification that he is in net tomorrow night. Yeah. So my first thought is I'm curious to see how ready he is, and I really, really hope he's ready. Oh, so do I. Because this is, that's huge to put him back in that, given what he was dealing with. Yeah. I, I, I've, I don't know if I was as skeptical as you were that he'd be back. I certainly didn't think it'd be this quick. Um, I've never heard of a professional athlete having post-concussion syndrome and vertigo issues at the same time. It was not a good... That, like, two separate things to basically say, like, hey, you're never going to be able to coordinate your body to stop a fucking piece of flying rubber at you ever again. Right. That was was very, very glaring that that was probably not going to happen. Yeah, no, I I don't know. Again, I I didn't think it was going to be a a total career-ending type of situation, but... uh, yeah, you know, because if it was, I, I feel like the Blackhawks would have been maybe a little bit more aggressive in the offseason, finding someone a little bit sure. more stable yeah. in that. Um, but what do, you, what do you mean? <laughs> they have Stanley Cup champion Cam Ward, Ward in that. <sighs> 2006 Stanley Cup champion Cam Ward. That's a long Ward. cup hangover. That's, um, that's as far away from us now as 1994 is. They could have just put Glenn Healy in there. 2006 is as far away from 2018 okay. as 1994 is from 2006. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm on a lot of medication right now. I didn't follow that That's too fine. closely. 
Weed is legal now, bud. Oh yeah. Um, what were we Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy he's starting tomorrow night. Um, who are they playing? I like. Does he got an? Is he have an uh, easy task ahead of him? Is he? Yeah, he's on get Chica- shelled. He's on Chicago. There are no easy tasks left well, for the Chicago Blackhawks. That's hard, hard to say. Let's not kid ourselves here. Uh, who do we got tomorrow night? He's not, not playing the Leafs. We can say that. Yeah, but uh, Arizona. They've only got three goals in the season. He yeah, I still wouldn't classify that as easy. Good chance that Galchenyuk might be playing tomorrow night too. So has he not been? He hasn't played yet. Oh no, he just got cleared for contact oh. uh, yesterday. So good. Yeah. Everybody's coming back. It's I great. can take him off my fantasy injured reserve now. I got a lot of decisions to make. Nice. Yeah. You want to make a trade? No. 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 You uh-huh. want uh, you want Milan Lucic? I do not. Oh. <laughs> Okay, uh-huh. I'll I'll dump him off to Jared or something. Nice, newbies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm really interested to see, but but this is a this is a crucial thing for him because if it doesn't go right, then I I can't imagine we see him again. Like you know what I mean? If if these symptoms come back, I don't know. I, I just I haven't heard any news about him skating. This whole time. Yeah. You tell me he's been skating the whole time. No one's mentioned it. Right. Like, I'm sure he's been on the ice here and there, but, like, he was never even declared somewhat close to coming back. And all of a sudden today, it's like, yeah, he's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. Mm-hmm. He's good. What do you mean he's good? Good to go. I don't here's, know. Here's a question. I wish you. him well. Um, they're going to have Crawford. They're going to have Ward. And they're going to have Forsberg on the, on the roster. And there's been some discussion that uh, Forsberg will likely get waived to get sent down mm-hmm. to make room. Um, do you think with with what's going on, maybe with Freddie Anderson and the only viable backup option right now to Garrett Sparks being ECHL starter, there we go. even McAdam. There we go. The Leafs, the fucking hometown Leafers are going at it again here. You think you're going to pick up? And Forsberg? so begins the Toronto Maple Leaf portion of the podcast. Yeah. Um, someone's going to pick up Forsberg. Yeah. I there, think there, figure, right? there are enough glaring issues in that. Now, all right. So I see your scenario and I raise your scenario. You're talking about Anton Forsberg hitting waivers. Yes. Maybe it's the other Chicago goalie that's waivers. You're not wrong. Like, oh my You're God. It's so over for Cam Ward. It's so over. Yeah. I, I find it ridiculous that I re, it's ridiculous if you think Cam Ward finishes the year in the National Hockey League. I think no, you're right because you know what I mean. At least That's you, ridiculous. At least if they waive Cam Ward, no one's claiming him. Like he's going, Probably not. he's going to the A. Maybe, and then you maybe know, he gets claimed, but oh well, it's three million dollars off your books that yeah. you can now spend on something no one, else. No one's claiming I don't know him. what, but probably not. So then but. he's in he's in the A, and then you can just call him up if you need him. Kind of. I think sure. that might. Be the smarter move. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, someone claims Forsberg. I think though. Right. More than likely, here's what happens: they do put Forsberg on waivers. Someone claims him, probably the Senators or something like that. And there you go. Bada boom, bada bing. I guess the Senators have about uh, like they have two goalies who are under contract for the next a thousand years. I think so. Yeah. Well, Condon maybe Craig, only. Craig's been one okay. He's been okay this year so far. His save percentages. Yeah, he's yeah, better than we thought. Of he's it. putting up like Roberto Luongo, Florida numbers. Eh? You yeah, see his stat line. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool, Craig Anderson, a nine fourteen save percentage. Oh, his goals against average is eleven point five nine. That's oh. cool. 
Let's in uh, 12 goals a night on 150 shots. That's awesome. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Forsberg gets clean, whether it's be the Leafs or whoever else, whoever else needs a goaltender. Yeah, because um, uh, I, I did not pick up on that uh, specific glaring hole in the roster until the other day when, when Freddie got hurt and we were emergency calling up our well, ECHL guy, which has only happened once. Only yeah. Happened one other time. Well, so. the thing with that, though, is in a perfect situation, the Leafs are calling up Casimir Casquo. Kaskis, Kaskisuo. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> Dog. <laughs> they got that Kaska. Kaska. Casper? Casper. Yeah, they would call him up, but he's hurt. Yeah. So they have to call up. And Jeff Glass is on an NHL deal. So right. You're screwed. Everyone talking about how, like, how could this happen to Vegas last Oh, no, hang on. There's, I see how now. Yeah. It's, it's Cause, spirals. Because Vegas was good last year, though. Yeah. Vegas could deal with it. They had a good team in front of their goaltenders, and uh, yeah, I guess the Blackhawks don't. Right. They're bad. Okay. The Blackhawks are bad now, James. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, what else? Mike Matheson got suspended two games for his hit on Elias Petter- Elias Elias Peterson is what they're saying Peter now. Peterson. That's what we're going with this week. Is El- is Elias Peterson? Peterson. Okay. Number forty on the Canucks. Uh, right. He weighs about 110 pounds, and he got thrown to the ice by a guy who weighs about 220 pounds. Right. So. So here's a question. Okay. Should guys that weigh 110 pounds be playing in the NHL? So here, here is the thing, and I'm not defending the hit. No. But there was a reason why Pedersen was not in the league last year, and there was a reason why. It took the Canucks seven or eight preseason games to decide if they were going to keep the kid up. And that was the reason and is the reason with a lot of these 18, 19-year-old kids that weigh 150 pounds. Like, there was a lot of concern about Mitch Marner staying up. Yeah. And looking back on his rookie season, that's an insane fear to have. But, like, he weighed the same as Elias Pettersson weighs now. Right. So, in theory, that could have just as easily happened to Mitch Marner, or anyone else for that matter. That is of that stature. Because um, now, now here, here, this is just my 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 brain thinking on a lot of which pills, medication. Yeah. But if I'm Mike Matheson, okay, like no one has ever given me 15 seconds in the spotlight before, right? Maybe Mike Matheson is uh, making hits like these every night. And every time he does this, it's against a guy that weighs 200 pounds. And when he goes to well, do this, thing, this right? finish thing that he did, which I'm not saying was was legal or should be condoned, but every time he goes to do it, I thought nothing bad happens. I thought that was harsh. Yeah. I don't know. Like, there was just no intent there. What, what was the reasoning behind the suspension? Did you see, like, what... How did they explain it? It was excessive, like force was used and a concussion resulted, I believe, was, was how they came down with that. Doesn't every hockey player use excessive force because every other hockey player is strong usually, though? Yeah, you think. Like, that's... that's you, know you know what I mean? mean? Like, like Milan Lucic uses excessive force, and that's why he looks stronger than, like, half the guys in the league, but, yeah. like, you know who else uses thing. Like, excessive if, force is, if, like, if, fucking Jake Gardner, but he weighs 190 pounds, right. so he doesn't do any damage to anyone. Yeah, so, like, if, if Mike Matson makes that hit and does that move on Milan Lucic every game that he plays against him, like, nothing nothing bad's happening, because it's Milan Lucic, and you have to put that force in 
just to knock the guy down. Right. And I don't like to see concussions. And yeah, he was pissed off because he got beat by a better hockey player, and that's the it's the immature thing to do. But uh, like, there has to be some accountability in the league as well. Like, yes, we can't just start putting like guys out in the ice that you know aren't gonna make the hit because oh the, the other kid might get a concussion because he's little. Like, uh, what's 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 the end game here? We're gonna start putting like guys that are four foot five out there and just not care about player safety because they're they're the victim and we've got to protect them and not hit them and there's no force allowed and uh, everyone's a victim in 2018. <laughs> Do you know that there was a baseball player one time who was like three and a half feet tall and they put him in for a bunch of at bats because like strike zone the strike zone point, would yeah. be like six yeah. inches long? Well, it's like my dad. He always talks about how like why don't, uh, why don't these hockey teams just go out and sign sumo wrestlers from Japan and stick them in the net? Can't see the net. You're not wrong, Dad. <laughs> You're not wrong. But who's going to watch that? Uh, sport's fucking stupid. And then he turns on a sport where there's a little twig man standing in front of a 20-foot net. And they're kicking around this little ball that, that on a field that's a kilometer long. So there's like two shots a game. Now, this is a sport. Final score is 1-1. <laughs> Let's go Tottenham Hotspurs. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Love me the Tottenham Hotspurs. Uh, but no. Soccer's a good sport. I just, <laughs> no, yeah, no. It's, yeah, I don't know. It, it's yeah. Like, where does it end, right? Like, I don't, I, again, I don't, I don't think Matheson should have done what he did, but I don't think he should have been penalized just because the guy on the receiving end was little. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's excessive to me. But he clearly, like, there was no intent there. It's not like he was, like, running around hunting or anything like no, that. You so. know what I mean? I don't think so. no. Speaking of hunting, this week's sponsor is Airedale Hunting and Fishing. Yeah. <laughs> Located in the balmy metropolis of Wawa, Ontario, Airedale has provided a unique wilderness experience since 1945. They have 18 remote fly-in outpost camps that are all unique, and the fly-in experience helps keep the lakes pristine and the fishing extraordinary. You know what I learned uh, this past weekend? What's up, James? Uh, I was talking about Mike Warren at the uh, the Foundry Show, and mm. he told me that uh, Bill Barocco died on an Airedale plane. <laughs> oh, my God. Why did you mention that during the <laughs> Why? <laughs> I'm sure their safety oh standards have improved since 1951. Jesus. Well, the, yeah. Well, for those of you who don't know, there's a change in ownership, and the planes are much safer now. They don't let amateur doctors uh, fly planes anymore. Yeah. yeah. The propellers were probably made out of wood back then, too, so who knows? Exactly. Yeah. Um, for fishing, the area is host to brook trout, lake trout, northern pike, perch, walleye, or as it's known up here in Canada, pickerel. Right. I hope so. Well, yeah. Know, yeah. Airdale is open from May 15th to October 31st, so uh, with a very, very limited time remaining this year. It may be wise to begin looking into planning your trip for next year. It is a perfect opportunity for a weekend getaway with friends or family to experience the wilderness like never before. Visit www.outpostcamps.com for more information and begin planning your trip to Airdale today. Yeah, just for the record, I, I didn't mean to, like, you know, Discourage anyone from visiting Airdale. I just thought it was a neat That's tidbit. Just, just, just drop it, James. 
Just stop. Um, okay. Uh, speaking of commercials, too, uh, we have to talk about another commercial, which is Sportsnet's new home of... Ho oh, it's on the television right now. Look at this. We'll play it maybe in the background. Nice. All right. Let's just... We'll back it up here. Uh, yeah, you're going to need to cut a few seconds here. Okay. Big Sportsnet, the home of hockey. Hockey Night in Canada. Ron and Don. Great. Hometown Hockey. Wednesday Night Hockey. Berkey. Slipper Skills. All Star Game. Winter Class Trade Death Signing Season. <laughs> NHL Draft. Awards. Hockey Day in Canada. Beauty. Let's go. <laughs> Jeff Merritt. Free Age. Podcast. Fantasy Hockey Play. Ice Surfing. Sportsnet.ca. Hockey Central. Kipper. 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 Stanley Cup Playoffs. Stanley Cup Final. All in one place. Oh, is that it? That's <laughs> it. In one. Sportsnet. Home of Hockey. I think we covered it. Oh, my God. Did, uh, that's did that Terry is Sanko say slipper skills? Oh, I don't know. I don't even know, man. There's too the much slipper going on. skills. So okay, so I've seen the Sportsnet commercial, I don't know, thirty times now maybe, and I still don't even know half of what goes on in that commercial because I'm waiting for or reacting to Tyler Sagan saying Kipper. Like that's an awesome part about about Sportsnet. I get fired up about Kipper guys. Not a Kipper guy. No. Not a big Kipper guy. Don't I don't hate him as much as people do, but he does bug me quite a bit. Um, that is that is the one of the worst commercials. Like, do you think Mark Shifley wanted to sit there? Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Like, Mark Shifley's a pretty cool dude, pretty enthusiastic dude. He That's as much energy as he could give at that moment, and that's not good. The guy's pretty enthusiastic about a lot of things. That commercial? That is... That is that is one of the worst hockey commercials I've ever seen. Uh, so bad. Oh my god. Don't you? Like it's gotten better, but like I still miss TSM. It's gotten better, but it's also gotten worse in a few ways. Like, I don't know. I'm glad they moved on from that whole George Shropopoulos thing that they were doing there for that one year and brought back Ron. That was a that was a smart move. But like it, it took them going that through was that. Tech. It took them going through that to realize how good Ron was. Isn't that like, weird to think about that that was an era? Uh, oh man, they, you know what? They they they've made adjustments. Like they got rid of Glenn Healy, good call. Yeah, they got rid of Damian Cox, great call. Um, he sucks. He's not great. He's not great. He's gonna make a regular appearance this season on the panic button, I'm sure. Um, yeah, he he's not good. But so they, like they've done good things. That's not one of them though. No, that's terrible. No. Yeah, and another thing that I wonder too is like, oh god, here it is again. It's on again. We're, we're talking for two minutes. It's on TV again. Slipper skills. Slipper skills. I'll turn it back on. Oh, God. We have to do this again. Hockey Day in Canada. Let's go. Let's go. Jeff Merritt. Free Age. Podcast. Fantasy Hockey. Price Search. Sportsnet.ca. Hockey Central. Kipper. Kipper. Poor Sagan. Sagan gets roped into that. Like, are they buddies? I hope not. I don't know. I feel like there was a thing where, like, they... They were friends at one point or something. I'm sure you could have found someone else that's still in the league when Kipper else was playing, so... What do you okay? What commercials worse, that one, or the Stanley Cup one where it's all the the Hall of Fame guys spelling their names? So it's like Bobby Hall sitting there like H U L L when you See, know he wanted to say H I L T E. Whoa, whoa <laughs> that's what he wanted to say. Whoa, Bruce. Come on. I, I I didn't hate that commercial as much as others did. I thought it was kind of goofy, but like I see why there's the allure. Everyone gets their name on the camera. That one was it's, better. It's kind of cool. This, this, I think, That's is awful. my least favorite hockey commercial I've, so, I've ever seen. There was no. Uh, 
Podcast. Slipper skills. Oh, Slipper skills. Don and Ron. You know, one of them says podcast. One of them, one of them, and all due respect to the dude, because he's great at his job. One of them says, says, David Amber. Like, that's one of the reasons why people watch. Yeah. Watch Sportsnet? No, it's not. Jeff Merrick. Podcasts. Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Sure. I love me some Jeff Merrick. Love Jeff Merrick. But, like, I don't know. It's just a bizarre commercial. It's bad. It's it's it was kind of like they could get all these stars in one room, and they're just like, you know what? Let's let's just get them to say a bunch of buzzwords, get the crowd going. You didn't bring a script. I thought you were bringing the script. I, I thought you were bringing the script. Ah shit! Let's just have them read off words. There was there was no commercial. That's that's just what they went with. Um, yeah, bad commercial. Uh, Paul Stasny is out long term for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. That's kind of, I have him on my fantasy team. I kind of, kind of. Mm. Did you put him on your IR? Uh, he's on my IR. Yeah. Who'd you pick up? Um, Maxime Contois. Oh, that's a good. That's actually yeah. It's been working out. Yeah. It's been working out. But no, I don't know. That's a bit of a blow for the Vegas. Like for a team that hasn't been. Again, it's early, but they didn't come out of the gate swinging this year like they did last year. Uh, Fleury doesn't look like his old self right off the gates. Yeah, that one great game against Philadelphia. But yeah, he's looking bad now for sure. It's been so-so. Willie Carlson finally scored last night. I mean, I don't think Patches has scored yet. Mm, uh, I thought he scored last night, too. Maybe he hasn't. Well, maybe they both scored last night. Keep but, talking. You know, I, like, they, they've already missed, they're already missing Nate Schmidt on the back end. Like, they were they were kind of, you know, shorthanded going into it. Now they've lost their big free agent acquisition, Paul Stasny. Again, like, this is Vegas. They didn't have him last year. They were <clears> fine. I'm sure they'll be fine. But, uh... Yeah, it's a blow either way. The Pacific's looking maybe a little bit better than people had anticipated. Sharks are looking good. Ducks are looking good. Flames are looking pretty good. Uh, Oilers are, you know, not The horrible. Ducks are looking good, you say? Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. John Gibson's looking good, uh, you know, at least. Patches has one goal, no assists. Okay, hold on. That's fine, I guess. One block. Not, not a very productive don't fantasy. Don't grab him fantasy. fantasy. Moment. No. Um... Yeah, it's not good, and I'm really interested to see what happens with the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you said, they haven't been great out of the gate. Um, I haven't missed in the playoffs on our, you know, preseason rankings. Yeah. So. It's just like, I've watched them a few times now. Like, I've watched three or four of their games. Maybe not in their entirety, but, like, definitely parts of them. Yeah. Um, they still look good to me. Like, they still look fast. They're just not, they're not getting the bounces like they were last year. They got all kinds of bounces. There'd be nights where they just come out and truck a team out of the building seven nothing, and it was like a, it was like a two three nothing kind of game. Like you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like they were getting all their goals to go in, and you know there were nights where they would win like two to one on like a awkward bounce where they maybe didn't play all that well. But I think Flurry's the big thing. Like I think last year just Flurry stole more games for them than people realized uh, early on, and then they they were able to go on a nice little run um, because of the confidence that they had built through the first few games. Right. That's not to say that, you know, they weren't structurally playing well. Like, they played very, very well structurally last year. But um, it's just not all there yet. But mm-hmm. I think they'll get there. Yeah. I don't know. If they can if they can weather it until Stasny's back, then they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be sad without your boy Paul Stasny. <sighs> Should have said Winnipeg. He wouldn't be hurt right now. Ooh, you know, yeah, that's actually something we could talk about too. What do you think of like what do you think of the Jets so far? They're fine. 
People are getting too worked for the Jets right now. I don't know. They'll be fine. Blew a big third period lead against the Oilers. No, no, they didn't. They blew a big third period lead to Connor McDavid, who is a super freak. And Darnell Nurse. Okay, look, look. Darnell, Darnell Nurse. Yeah, he had a nice goal in overtime, but they should have been in overtime to begin with. Without Connor McDavid, that's a five nothing blowout win. They should be able to shut down McDavid. Uh, no, no. What? Come on. Not a chance. Come on. Other teams find a way to do it some nights. Who? Who are these teams? He doesn't get a point every night. Well, I don't know. I, I, I haven't heard of The goalie is shutting down. Maybe, but like, it's not like streak. Connor McDavid doesn't have four or five looks every night. Some he, nights he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just catching him on the maybe, wrong nights. I don't maybe, know. Maybe. It, could be like right that, nights. it could be like that night I paid all that extra money to go see a Leaf game and Sidney Crosby was in town and he was fucking minus two with no shots and four penalty minutes and Probably one of the worst games of his career where he didn't actually get hurt. Hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe was, I'm just saying it like you know what I mean. That's just like an anomaly, right? In Sidney Crosby's career, you're not I mean, bitter or anything. You're just you know pointing it out. No, I'm way more bitter about the night that I paid money to go watch uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals, and the Leafs got 45 fucking shots on net and versus 18 against from the first place Capitals, and Jonathan Bernier lets in four goals on 18 shots, including a fucking shot from the red line by Jason Chimera. I'm bitter about that one. Jason Chimera. Brighter times right ahead of us. Oh, my God. I'd be curious to know how many guys from that game that I was at are still on the Leafs. That's fair. Not many. Gardner, Riley. Kadri. Kadri. Don't think he played that night. That's fine. That's not good. So that's it. Two. Two. Sparks was in the system, I guess. Sparks was on the bench. Wow. <laughs> he, had, he had never played in the NHL. Okay. Actually, that was a couple days before his first NHL game where he got a shutout against yeah. the Oilers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so you're not worried about the Jets? I'm not worried about the Jets at all. Good. I think people need to stop worrying about the Jets. They'll be fine. I'm not really worried about the Jets. Good. They it's not like they started off like 5-1 and one last year. I, no, no. The Jets were... They started Steve Mason opening like night maybe, last year. Yeah. yeah. The Jets were like... Three and four at one point, I thought last year. Yeah, and then, uh, and then, yeah, they ended up going on like a massive point streak. They lost like six of six of thirteen games were in overtime, so it was like they went like six one and six at one point. Everyone's yeah. like, oh, the Jets are sick. Yeah, it's like, wow, yeah, great, still really fine. Okay, not worried. Um, good. Um, one more, one more thing to get to here before the the interview. Yeah, yeah. Early, uh, early goalie polls. Uh-huh. There's been a. You, you've okay, noticed. you keep going. Then. You you've can. noticed Jim Montgomery there. Is he's been pulling the uh, yes. the old the old tendy quite early uh, uh, so far in his young um, coaching career at the NHL level. It was what uh, seven and a half minutes that he uh, made yeah. the poll with yeah. time left last night. Uh, an early poll against the Leafs uh, a couple weeks back. Um, your thoughts? The Hurricanes, even last night, um, they were down one goal. They pulled Peter Morazic with two and a half minutes left. Oh, so it's not just Montgomery. And the Buffalo Sabres were down three. They pulled Hutton with five minutes left. These, Those were both last night. Um, see, Hutton's too late, I think. If you're down three goals with four and a half minutes left, yeah. just fucking yeah. yank them with you're seven right. minutes. Like right. They were down four goal or three goals for like a few minutes before that, too. Pull them with like six minutes left. Then, yeah. if you're really gonna invest in this comeback chance, but yeah, two and a half minutes for one goal seems early, but I don't know. 
if you haven't had momentum going and you got to try to find a way to get momentum going and pressure going, yeah, if you get the puck down deep and you have an opportunity to yank them, I, I guess you kind of have to do it, right? Like, like I've coached enough games as a minor hockey coach and things like that. Like, you know at a certain point with like three and a half minutes left, if things aren't going your way, you're probably not going to get that sustained pressure. Like, if you play bad enough all third period trying to make a comeback or you blow a lead and now you're behind, right. like, there's just at a certain point, it just seems unrealistic that all of a sudden things are going to turn your way. So pulling your goaltender is logically, you know what I mean, the, maybe the only thing you have left to do. And I've done it in times behind the bench where, you know, we haven't been playing all that well. And I just pull him anyway, even though I really do not want to do it. But I just do it because it seems like the right move. And don't almost don't go with my gut instinct. And we score. Yeah. Like, there was one year, every every single time I pulled our goalie, we fucking scored and tied the game. Maybe right. Maybe two or three years now, ago. Now, what, what, what do you think the cutoff is here? Like, one goal down, obviously. Two goals down, sure. Three goals down, are you pulling a goalie? Four goals down, oh, six, are you pulling six, your goalie? Six goals down in the second period, pull them. Right, like what's, just play the rest of the game without a goalie. So what's your what's your cutoff? I goalie, hear, all right. So maybe goalies are useless. Maybe it's time to just get rid of goalies. Get rid of defense. Just go to all defense. Eighteen forwards. Eighteen forward. Yeah. Well. Sure. Yeah, I guess eighteen forward. Can you dress? So say you didn't dress a goaltender. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. Do you have to dress a goalie? All right. So Please. two goalies on the bench and they just yeah. sit there. You dress eighteen forwards. Yeah. Sure. Why You're not? good. Why not? I think uh, Colin DeJackey just turned off the podcast. Oh, I can hear him doing yeah, it already. Um, I don't know. Like, like, what's what's too early for one goal for you? What's too early? What's too early for one goal? Well, you're you're down one goal. Say it's it's even play. It's fifty fifty. What's too early? Three minutes. So anything over three minutes, like two fifty nine. You say you got to face off in their zone. If you want to pull them, that's okay. Yeah, like, two and a half minutes is okay. Two and a half minutes, okay. Anything more than that, okay. I, I would say is two. Early. Okay. Two goals. No other stipulations, right? Like right, we, we right. you and I have done it in minor hockey, where it's like, like I think we pulled it one time at four and a half minutes right. or two goals, but like we needed three goals, like we needed to yeah. win the game, not tie yeah, yeah. the game or whatever. Like no stipulations here, just four to, minutes. Four minutes. Yeah. For two goals. That's wild. Yeah. That's crazy. So three and a half minutes, you would think about doing it down two goals. Yeah. That's crazy. Isn't it crazy to think like six, seven years ago? Never. Never, ever would that be a thing. You never pulled your... It's weird, Like, though. you remember when you would see, like, ten years ago, a guy pull his goalie with, like, a minute and nine seconds left, and you're like, this guy's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like, this guy's crazy. There's less... There's more than a minute left. Like, what are yeah. we doing here? And now it's like... 40 seconds used to be the norm, right? Yeah, One shift. Now we're talking about playing the game with 18 forwards and no goalies. Yeah. No, like, it, it makes sense. Like, what's the difference, really, if you lose 5-1 or 4-1? to one? Like, honestly, at the end of the day, it, no, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. make a difference. Yeah. Are you worried that much that your your playoff chances are going to come down to goal differential uh, after an 82-game schedule and 200-plus goals scored in the season? Mm-hmm. If, if that's what you're worried about in October, uh, maybe maybe just give up on the season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, you, could you imagine? Right? Like, so I, I get it. Like, I like just like, <laughs> just like, just like Dave Hackstall, eh? it goes up to like Ron Hextall. He's like, so, uh, Ronnie, what'd you, uh, what'd you think of the game there? That's going to come back to bite us. And he just walks up. <laughs> like, what? Um, it's October. 
Yeah, no, but uh, games left. <laughs> like I like I like what Jim Montgomery's doing. Like it's it, it's it's a why not? Oh, I like Jim Montgomery, and I don't have a I don't have an answer for that. I like that. Like, there's no reason not to do this, really, In, unless you think like he's not pulling his goalie with down by one with seven minutes left. Let let's get that off the table. If that was the case, the guy would be batshit crazy. Like there's there's no reason to go that early. But you know, couple couple minutes, minute and a half, two two and a half. Sorry, that's. Yeah, uh, Fine. So he pulls a goalie with seven and a half minutes left down three. Yeah. Do you think that's crazy? No. It's fine. You like it? Go for it. Why not? Now, if you're down by four goals, who are you trying to kid? Like, you, you, you're going to score five goals and win the game? Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I've I've coached and, and being behind the bench when you're down by four goals with, like, less than ten minutes left, I have very often thought to myself, we deserve to lose the game. And pulling the goalie or trying, not trying to win the game, but kind of trying to win has just kind of gone out the door for me at this point. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Like, you try to start momentum and you try to get little things going. I mean, you're still teaching. You're still um, trying to find some new, like, maybe line combinations. or You know what I mean? But you're, tr- you're teaching the kids things or teaching the players things. And, you know, that's fine. And you try to find little things to build momentum and maybe you get a comeback going, but like pulling the goalie's not one of them. No. Could you imagine could you imagine being on the other team and you lose six five and you blew a five to one lead because they just started pulling their goalie and you just couldn't fucking figure it out? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. But no, I like it. See more of it. Game's changed and uh, I think I think it's I think it's cool. Yeah. Good for uh, good for them. Okay, um, time for our uh, time for our guest. First one, nice. Yeah, phrase doesn't count. Oh, first in the um, first interview. Sorry, sorry, yes. sorry. Our our guest this week on the podcast is Rodrigo Albazares. Uh, now, Rod is a writer for South of the Six Sports. He is predominantly a basketball writer, but He's, uh, he's spent some time, he's lived in Toronto, he's lived in Vancouver, um, lived in London. Like he, He's been around the hockey scene for years. Um, he, interestingly enough, was born in Guatemala, so he wasn't necessarily born into a hockey environment, but was raised in a hockey environment. So, you know, to, to kind of come and see the game at a certain point, um, he sees it a little bit differently, and... Um, not not a huge hockey fan, but fine. but is an interesting yeah. is an interesting sort of insight. He knew enough. Yeah, he couldn't pronounce some of the names, but you know, that's that's fine. I I couldn't pronounce half of basketball's names anyway, so yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's good. It's a good time. I like Rod. Rod the bod. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Here is Rodrigo Abazares. Go on, fellas. How much, hey. man? How was brunch? It was good. It was a good brunch, you know. Had a had a few beers. Had a nice uh, fish taco with a nice little uh, half fries. Thought thought I could eat a little more, but I couldn't. Uh, you know what happened? Well, that's uh, yeah. I was gonna say that's self induced, I guess. <laughs> what uh, what did you do last night? Uh, I just went over to the uh, Luke Bryan and Sam Hunt concert. Man, it was amazing. Oh, is that what it was? Oh yeah, man. It was How was probably, that? It's unreal, you know. Luke Bryan was—he uh, was really good. I was gassed, though. 
I'll be honest with you, fellas. I was, I was pretty, <laughs> it's, it's a long concert, though, man. Like, uh, you know, it started at, like, 530. Um, oh, really, yeah? Yeah, like, super early, man. But we got there for, like, 630 to see John Party. But from, like, 630 to 1030, man, we're just boozing hard. Me and my boy, Firthy, like, we went hard into the paint. <laughs> Not going to lie to you, boys. We, uh, nice. We snuck a little, uh, what's it called? Uh, what do you call them? Dickies. Right into the uh, crotch area. Snuck them in a little... A little spiced rum is good. Wow. You know, have some have some lemonades with a little rum in it. It's uh you know it's a good yeah. time. time you, you came good, yeah, man, I'm not spending <laughs> dude, it's nine fifty for a can of Budweiser, <laughs> not even a tall can. Like, That's like, nuts. Have you uh have you been to uh, a Canucks game yet? Yeah, I've been uh been to a few. Uh been went to uh one where it was like the, the Jets versus the Canucks. That was a good one. Uh, how much are beers there? Oh, you're probably looking at eleven dollars, eleven fifty at least. Right. Tall cans, though. You know what I mean? You can get away with that, I guess. But still, it's like it's three dollars for a tall can. I'm I'm paying eight dollars over, you know, market value, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I swear. Hit. Like we go to we go to Winnipeg every year, James and I, and uh, we'll go to the Jets games there on uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend usually. And I swear, like a pint of beer is only like. It's maybe like nine dollars or ten dollars. Mm. Not even like so. Not even a tall can. Like tall can would be cheaper probably then. But yeah, yeah. like the prices there are awesome compared to like other rinks. I guess because it's it's smaller too. But yeah, that's that's probably what it is. I mean, Vancouver, you, it's a, like it's a big market, right? Like I mean, yeah. Winnipeg's still a big market, but I, I think it's still growing, right? Ever since yeah. we got the Jets, but uh, the Jets are like they're winning now, right? I mean, Canucks haven't won in a long time. Let's get serious, but. uh <laughs> they're uh, okay. they're going to charge whatever they want for beers. You know what I mean? It's 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 absurd. Yeah. You know, you know, Toronto no, like ACC, ACC, they're going to charge whatever they want as well, right? So yeah, exactly. Well, I'll get uh, we'll get your thoughts on uh, on uh, the Canucks and the Leafs and things like that in a bit. But I want to uh, I want to talk to you for sure about some stuff that's going on in the NBA right now. Um, and I'm sure that uh, you knew I was going to bring up. Pretty quickly, uh, Mr. Jimmy Butler, who's oh. uh, who's <laughs> who's been interesting. Oh, to the least, at least you know what I mean. Like that guy, uh, he's a hot topic right now. To be honest, yeah, there's a there's a lot to talk about. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot to talk about. So what are they what are they gonna do there? Like, what are the Timberwolves gonna do with them? First off, like what? I mean, I guess the season starts in a day at the time we're recording this, so. Like, he's yeah. going to start the season there, probably. That's an awkward situation, man. It's like having, like, you know, you just broke up with your girlfriend, but you're still living with her. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so, <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. You, you haven't decided who's going to keep the place, who's not. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But for me, it's like, I think what's going to happen at the end of the day, I think he's going to stay with the Timberwolves. Because, um, like, I think the Wolves are trying to find something that, you know, after he can get back from him. But, like, you know, people are, probably aren't willing to, like, give up their assets for Jimmy Butler, considering he's only going to be there for, you know, three quarters of the year or something like that, right? Yeah. So, so like, that's why, like, I think trade stocks fell through with Miami, um, you know, probably other teams. So, they, they just weren't willing, up, weren't willing to give up all these assets for a guy that is probably going to be a rental player. Kind of like the Kawhi situation, right? But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, like, Kawhi is way better than Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, but... No, well, for, not not only that, but Kawhi can come in and actually like be a member of the team 
and be like a, you know what I mean? Like a, a leader and a productive member of the team. Whereas like, if you're trading for Jimmy, I mean, you kind of know what you're getting, but you also kind of don't know what you're getting in terms of just his attitude and things like that. Like he could break your team rather than help it. Oh, hundred percent. Like you got to think like, you know, like the low market teams, like well, not I, yeah, you can call them low market teams, like the Knicks or like the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, or like the New York, yeah, North Knicks, like they're not going to trade their assets for for a guy that you could probably, you know, entice to come here next year, right, with a big uh, contract, right? So I, I don't, honestly, it's hard to say what's going to happen, man. Like, it's just, like I said, it's an awkward situation, man. Like, he was talking about, like, Wolves fans are going to be booing him. He's going to love it and smile. I'm like, man, that's, that is awkward. You know what I mean? Like, you, it's, yeah. like if, you're, if, if you're the Wolves, you probably want to get him out. But at the same time, you want to make sure you get some in return, right? It, it may not be the yeah. best thing, um, but you know what? He like he probably like he probably has the reputation now of being a cancer in the in the locker room and stuff like that, right? But yeah. you know, maybe he's not. You know, you you don't know, right? I, you know, to be honest, man, Cat and uh, Wiggins—they're probably the biggest bitches I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like really, this guy calls you out, and you know, supposedly, right? Allegedly, calls you out yeah. in practice, and he fucking chumps you with these guys that are considered third stringers, right? And he just makes you look so bad. And none of them apparently said anything. You know what I mean? You know, Wiggins tried to dap him after practice. Come on, bro, you gotta be pissed. Like this guy, yeah. this guy just took you to school, right? So, I don't know, man. There's there's a lot going on with that team. Um, but in, in in regards to Jimmy, I just it's a, it's like I said, awkward situation. Um, I think he's gonna stick it out and then eventually find a team next year. But we'll see if he yeah. we'll see if he gets traded. There's there's gotta be enough uh, for the Wolves to trade him, like asset wise. At the end of the day, man. I wish uh, I wish I was at practice that day to oh, see that. Be, that sounded like yeah. quite the fucking spectacle, man. Yeah, I'd be Instagram live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even if it wasn't allowed, I'd be Instagram live from the from the uh, from the bathrooms or something in that facility. Man, I'd be Instagram live, man. Sneak in there. That'd be an amazing thing to see. Um, yeah, it's just crazy how there wasn't any video of it, but I guess they're pretty smart about it. Probably got the yeah. movie out there real quick. But uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be a hell of a hell of a thing to watch. You know, with a beer in the hand. You know what I mean? Probably not allowed, but <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, yeah, uh, no. so how are the Raptors gonna do this year, Rod? Oh, that's, yeah, that's, uh, know, that's, that's your, that's your team. That's your focus, yeah, right? That's, uh, you're the guy to ask. That is, you know, the, the, the LCR, my team, you know, um, how do I think they're going to do this year? I think they're going to do really great. Uh, you know, I think he's already building on that team. Um, you know, I follow them pretty closely, right? So I'm always in, like in the articles, you know, seeing how the, how their chemistry is going, how they're competing for jobs and stuff like that. So that the, the, mm-hmm. the roster they have is a very deep, right? They got probably, probably 13, 14 guys that can play every night, right? With the best of them, I would say. Right. Uh, and that's totally me, totally me not being biased at all, boys. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I think they're, I think they're going to finish first in the East. Uh, you know, Celtics are good. You know, Philly's still good. But I just don't think they're good enough to compete with a guy like, you know, Kawhi Leonard and who arguably is the best player in the Eastern Conference behind probably Giannis. But uh, you could argue that all day probably. But uh, I think they're going to finish – you know, I'd say first, you know, I I think it comes down to uh, they'll probably make a deep run into the playoffs. I, I would hope, you know, NBA Finals at least, um, you know, you know to, to win the NBA Finals, that's a little bit of a stress, especially versus Golden State. But 
I think I think they're gonna make a run at the NBA Finals. I say this every year, but uh, I, <laughs> 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 but uh, this year I think we we, we got yeah. that guy. You know what I mean? That guy could lead them. I think. No, I I, I agree with you too because like you know I'll do respect to Demar Rosen because Demar Derozan because I was a I'm a pretty big fan of his, um, but. You know, you're you're talking about Kawhi Leonard. You're talking about a guy that is like a, a massive difference maker. Whereas, you know, DeRozan does make a huge difference, but uh, they're just different players, right? If you have the guy that's got that physical presence like Kawhi does, like it's hard. It's it, you can't match it up against it. And uh, I think it makes a huge difference for them. So I agree with you. Like I think that that kind of puts them over the top in the sense that they should be able to get there. It's just a matter of what happens once they're there, right? Oh, yeah, 100%, man. Like, for the Raptors, it's, it's, it's kind of like a curse, right? It just can't get past, you know, where they need to be. But, you know, that, that, that barrier was LeBron, to be honest. You know what I mean? And that barrier also was themselves, like, you know, mentally. Um, you, you just weren't there whenever they went up against LeBron. Like, how could you? That guy just smashed you for four straight years in a row. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, that's tough. You know what I mean? It's just a barrier that it's the Great Wall of China. It's not coming down. Um, you know what I mean? So the thing is, yeah, the, 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 we got that guy. Kawhi, he's a difference maker, um, defensively. You know what I mean? Um, there's, there's, do you, do you think they're going to be able to hang on to Kawhi long term? Oh, that's a, a tough, I tell everybody, uh, yes, because I'm biased, but, uh, again, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think the, I think they will. I think it all comes down to, um, and you, one of the biggest things that it comes down to is, are they going to win? Where are they, they going to put themselves? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, a first-round exit, Kawhi's definitely not going to sign. You know what I mean? Like, why would he, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's not enough there to entice them. Like, you know, then then you got, he's probably looking at it like, you know what? Mentally, you know, these guys aren't there. They're not built for the playoffs. He's going to dip, right? So, like, you know, Clippers, which yeah. is terrible. It would be an awful team to go to. Uh, there's no upside there. But, you know, there's money there, right? So, um, I think I – think, uh, at the end of the day, I think he does sign with the Raptors because, I mean, I, I see the Raptors making a big push into uh, the NBA Finals there. And, you know, at the end of the day, they can offer them the, the most money, too, as well. Four years, or five years, $190 million. So, you know, if it comes down to money, it comes down to money. If it comes down to winning, you know, you got you to show up. The Raptors got to show up. So, well, and I, It's going to be hard to compete with it, like, like you're saying. Say they make it to the finals and say they lose to the Warriors and let's say it's five or six games and you know what I mean? Like they have their moments. They have their, their good playoff run. They win 60, 62 games in the regular season. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be hard to compete with that for him. Like it's going to shoot the Raptors higher up on the priority. And plus by then he'll have been there for a year. Like it's going to be home to him by then. So I agree with you. Like I I think it's not out of the realm of possibility anyway. Oh, a hundred percent, man. Like that he's. Yeah, like it, it, for me, like like you know, Toronto shows itself. It's so international. Um, there's there's everything there. You know what I mean? Like you know, like every type of food. You know what I mean? It's, it's like I said, it's so international, man. Um, it kind of just feels like a, like home. Whenever you got Jack Astors. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Jack Astors. Just, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? People just don't know about this. Yeah. You know, one time Kawhi sits down there, has a whatever, you know, the bowl of penne or something like that, man. He's gonna be sold. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Yeah, you hit up the eating center afterwards. Oh, yeah. Uh, Why wouldn't you want to see? Uh, it'd be amazing, man. So I think, like I said, Toronto tells itself uh, it comes down to winning. And money, money's there, like I said. So 
Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see what happens. What do you think of uh, Nick Nurse? Uh, you know, what? I think he's. I think he's good. Um, you don't know, like you don't know much about him, right? Because he's always an assistant coach. Um, right. But uh, he, I think he, people were saying he has a great offensive mind. You can see that uh, while the Raptors play, man. You know, different screens getting set. Um, you know, different plays being run. Because I, like I watched last year, right, or even the years before, you know, Dwayne Casey. Um, and you know, his plays were there, right? But I think they were all coming from Nick Nurse's yeah. uh, offensive mind, right? And then, but one yeah. of the things Casey couldn't do, and he was scrutinized uh, about, was like, you know, adjusting on the fly, right? Like he would just keep the same lineup in whether they're just getting like beat, right? And he wouldn't adjust, but with Nick Nurse, he's he adjusts yeah. on the fly, right? So and you have to in this day and age, right? Like especially in the NBA, right? You you know, like small ball is really popular now with the three point line. Um, right. smaller lineups, but you know, I mean, what if you know one night a team is beating you with their big, right? And Dwayne Casey wouldn't adjust on the fly, but Nick, Nick, like Nick Nurse would definitely would. So, um, you know, I think he'll. I don't think he'll have a set starting lineup this year. I think it'll be adjusted slightly. Um, depends on matchups and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, I think he's uh, like at the end of the day, he's he's definitely he's brilliant offensively. Uh, he seems to be doing some different things on defense as well. So. You know, you get, like you said, you got to risk it to get the biscuit. You know what I mean? Sometimes. So, um, and he, yeah. I think he's one of those coaches that definitely does that offensively. And I think he's trying to do that defensively as well by changing from man to man to zone, you know, mid game, you know, mid half or whatnot. Right. So we'll see. I think he's, I think he'd be good, good fit. Uh, Kawhi said he has an offense, like a great, uh, basketball mind already. So that's good to hear from one of the guys that, you know, isn't very vocal in, in Kawhi. Right. So. For him to come yeah. up and say that, it's a pretty good compliment to Nick Nurse, right? I like uh, I like to hear that he's willing to adjust because I think that that's one thing that's easy for coaches in every sport to kind of um, get entrenched in their own beliefs and kind of um, just keep going with the same thing that used to work and, and hopefully it will work again. Like Mike Babcock uh, said before that the minute you're done learning is the minute you're done doing your job in professional sports. And, and I agree with that a hundred percent. So if, if Nick nurse is willing to, to go in and, and, you know, try new things every night, I, I like to hear that. That's a good thing. No, it's huge, man. It's, it's definitely huge. And I think one of the biggest things, like people might not see him as, as an asset, but I see it as an asset. He is, he's like a first time head coach in the NBA. Um, you know, yeah, he's a rookie, but he's, he's learned a lot from, from being an assistant coach, from coaching all these years in Europe. Um, yeah, and now he's given his shot to, to, to do, to do what he wants to do, right? To, to take the risk, to do that. Now he has so many years of doing that, right? He has so many times to like, like so much time to learn on the fly and stuff like that, right? So for him, I think this is a great opportunity. I think it's a perfect fit for the Raptors, to be honest. You, you bring in a, like a, a guy from the outside who has no idea who, how Lowry acts, how, uh, you know, how it's basically is, I would say three quarters of his roster acts and those are tendencies. They're probably not going to get a lot, like, you know, they're not going to get along, right? So I think you bring an internal guy that has, you know, the right makeup for the job. And, you know, I think this guy's perfect for it. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, so last couple of years, we've seen uh, in, in hockey, uh, a team open up in, in Vegas. There's one coming in Seattle down the pipeline. Uh, do you see anything in uh, the NBA in terms of expansion? Like, I know there was a game uh, preseason the other night, Montreal. 
Uh, seemed to be a pretty good turnout there. Well, then now there's talks that there's a an invest like a a group, group of investors, yeah, I guess, that are interested yeah. in that too. Like, where do you see any potential there, Rod, or do you see maybe some I mean, other cities yeah. like Seattle? I guess is another place. Uh, you know, what? to be honest, I think it's if they, if it's gonna go anywhere, it's gonna go to Seattle first. Um, before it goes mm-hmm. to another Canadian market. Now, if we're talking Canadian markets, you know, you were saying like Montreal has the a couple guys that want to buy in, right? Um, yeah. And but like I said, like Seattle first for sure. I think of, out of anywhere, it's gonna go Seattle. But if you're looking at NBA fit cities already, Montreal and Vancouver are right there, right? Because obviously Vancouver already had a team. Uh, it just didn't work out timing wise, and like you know, what I mean, people wouldn't show up. Do you see it going back there? I do, I do, I definitely do because they're already. Uh, I mean, you live there. Nobody yeah, no, no. It's just it's crazy because they they already have like uh, I think it's Portland's. It's not their G League team, but it's it's their farm team right under that's going to be playing in Abbotsford, which is just outside of Vancouver. Right. So that's already a right. huge step. Not a lot of people realize that's a huge step because, like, you know what I mean? Like they're already in the city. So if you if you yeah. if you imprint imprint that team in Abbotsford, that's a tester team, right? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you're probably not going to get a huge turnout just yet. But uh, Portland's a good team, right? So the, the, the farm team is probably pretty decent, right? So you're, you're laying that team out there in Abbotsford, and then if it works out slowly but, slowly but surely, I think eventually they're going to put a team down in Vancouver again. Um, the market's here. There's tons of people that love basketball here. It's just, it's just weird times um, for, like, you know, people to watch Eastern Eastern time teams or get people, like, in you know, Toronto and stuff like that. Teams start at four and stuff like that, right? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, but I do see another um, team come to Canada, whether it's Montreal or Vancouver. It's going to be great for the for the country. It, it has to be, you know. You know, Toronto is a, the Raptors are a great enough team to you know hold Canada accountable. But I mean, another team only helps. Yeah. So uh, I guess the the last thing I want to ask you about uh, basketball in a uh, in a admittedly selfish reasoning uh i have a fantasy basketball uh draft at seven o'clock tonight and uh i have absolutely no idea what i'm doing rod so it's uh hey at least you're on it advice i need (laughs) at least at least you're on it i need some sleepers i got uh i got fourth overall pick so i'm uh i'm assuming it's gonna go anthony davis Giannis, and harden go the first three picks so I, I'm thinking I, I don't love him, but I might go LeBron at number four. Uh, I think that's a no-brainer at number four. Um, if you, yeah. you, it just depends on who you're drafting with, right? Like I helped my buddy out uh, the other night actually at Earl's. Uh, we we did like a live draft there, nice. and you know, obviously we got pretty piled, but you know, we made, we picked a good team. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. it just it depends on who you're drafting with, right? Because like you know, some people just may not want to take. Um, Giannis, or just, or not know that he's going to be that capable of well, being an MVP. The good news is, is it's it's a twelve man league, and I'm almost a hundred percent sure that literally none of us have played fantasy basketball before. That is, like, I think every single person has never done this. Like, we all kind of watch basketball, so we know enough. But uh, yeah, so I feel like it's just going to be a bunch of idiots. It's gonna be like the after like the sixth round. It's gonna be hilarious. I think. No, it, it, like just. It's yeah. You're probably you're probably gonna be picking by. Gonna pick Tracy McGrady. <laughs> VC, right? <laughs> so it's gonna pick him. He's gonna have a breakout year yeah. this year. 
but uh you heard it you heard it here first but uh no i just i just think like i think first round you're probably gonna get like i I can see somebody drafting lebron top three so i think one of those guys is gonna slide out yeah and you know someone should take anthony davis because like obviously he's he's a number one pick with rebounds yeah uh you know points you know assists but the biggest thing and, and a wise man wise man once told me this his name was daniel schreier this guy doesn't know much about basketball. But he said rebounds are important. Shout out to Schreier yeah, on the podcast. Yeah, you, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, rebounds are important. So you want to get a guy. If you can get LeBron, obviously get him at number four. But if you can get Giannis before him by any by some miracle, um, then yeah, I would take him. But uh, yeah, you can't. And I think that goes with, with fantasy for for any kind of fantasy, whether it's NFL, um, you know, baseball, whatever. You can't go by like rankings, right? Um, yeah, you kind of got to take a look and I guess it's kind of tough because you don't, you're not super, super, super into basketball. So it's hard. Um, but I, I try, yeah. I try to go by a, a gut feeling, you know what I mean? Like this guy's going to have a breakout year. That's, this year. that's the awkward thing for me is cause like, I haven't paid attention to the NBA in probably two or three years. Just, just the, the whole Durant thing kind of soured me from the league and then yeah. I don't really want to get into that too much right now, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I watch way more college than anything else and, yeah. and so i know like a lot of the rookies that are coming in and things like that but um in terms of guys and on new teams that have moved since i've really been paying attention like i i don't know but who like who would be someone that you think like uh to target as like a breakout player like in a in a fifth round pick or something someone who, who you think is going to have a big year and kind of uh step up this year that's a fifth round yeah that's uh that's tough i would it just depends who's Who's there? So you're probably looking at between uh, fifth round. You're probably looking between fifty and seventy, like ranking wise. It's just, it's just that thing. Yeah. Um. You you know what though? If you can get him in the fifth round, I would go with Drew Holiday. Not a lot of people who know who he is. Yeah. He is he, he plays alongside uh, Anthony Davis and Orleans. That guy yeah. that guy is a beast. So don't po- post his podcast before. Uh, before the draft, uh, <laughs> but that guy is a sleeper. Um, he shouldn't be a sleeper. He's probably ranked in the top twenty, but not a lot of people know who he yeah, is, yeah. right? So if you can go, if you can go and get him, that'd be a great pick. Um, around then, you're probably looking at a guy like maybe like Brandon Ingram from uh, from the Lakers. He's gonna have a breakout year this year, hundred percent. Especially playing with LeBron, he he's have he's gonna have a lot uh, a lot more easier baskets. Um, and you know a lot more opportunity to play, I would say, alongside LeBron, right? And he can only learn from him. So I think this year he's gonna have a breakout year. So if you can get a guy like you know Drew Holiday or you know Ingram, uh, those guys are gonna be very important. I'll this pick year. LeBron. I'll pick Ingram, and then I'll just pick the rest of the Raptors. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you probably you probably <laughs> should you probably should, but uh, I'm bound to hit on some of them anyway, right? But if you can find like I go. Um, I go by like guys like who can you know get some who can touch on everything like you know points, rebounds, assists. Because there's like guys like Lou Williams who's only going to score you know 23 points a game and not do right. anything else for you. That's only maybe roughly 26 fantasy points, right? But if you can get a guy like yeah. um, Pascal Siakam on the Raptors, or yeah, I was thinking about him he, for sure. He's probably you could probably pick him in the seven or eight, uh, seven or eighth round there, but. He's probably ranked super low, right? Like probably like 150 or something like that. But uh, he's a steal. Like he's 
he's one of those guys who's going to play about 28, 30 minutes a game because he's so athletic. And I, I see the Raptors blowing out teams this year again, like they did last year. So, yeah. so the, like a guy like Pascal Siakam is going to play in the fourth quarter, the entire fourth quarter. You got to think about that. And he's one of those guys who's now the, the new Draymond Green of the Raptors. He can, you know, handle the yeah. ball, a pass, rebound, score. So I'd expect him to have a breakout year, but I, I would not pick him to the seventh or eighth round. Uh, he'll be available for sure, 100%. Yeah. Well, I'll try to get him because I'm a, I'm a big Siakam guy. So um, I guess I uh, want to get your thoughts too. Just, uh, I mean, you're, you're living in Vancouver now. So what are your thoughts uh, or what do you know about the, the Canucks, the kids that are coming up on the Canucks? Are you, uh, is there a buzz in the city about, uh, I guess, Elias Patterson and some of these other young kids? Or have you heard much about uh, it? You know, I, I'm not like super into you know, like the hockey or like Vancouver hockey, but I mean, you do, you do see a buzz, right? Um, you definitely see like, obviously he, uh, he scored his first goal that first uh, game or whatnot. There's a big buzz around that. Um, but I, I, I think they're, at the end of the day, like I, I don't think they're gonna have a good year again. But I mean, I think it it'd be a it'd be huge for him to have a big year, though. You know what I mean? You know, give Vancouver hopeful, um, you know, something to cheer for, right? I, I think the kind of I think that it'll be one of those years that's it's gonna feel it's gonna feel better than it is. I think like they're still only gonna win thirty to thirty four games yeah. probably, but. Um, there's going to be a lot of bright spots, I think, because of Patterson. He got hurt the other night, actually. I don't know if yeah. you saw that. Um, last night, he got uh, hammered by Matheson, and now Matheson's got a, a disciplinary hearing with the league. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think they're, I think they're on the up and up for sure. They have a hell of a prospect pool, and I, I've hated the Canucks for many, many years. And I got to say, I kind of like them. Yeah, <laughs> I like. <laughs> I like these kids, man. Like they're they're gonna be fun he to watch. I think he definitely will be. Well, what's his name? I I don't I have no idea how to say his name. Bossier, Bossier, Besser. Besser. Not even close. Brock. Yeah, at least I got the B right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I I call him Brock Boozer because that's kind of how yeah, it's spelled. Well, that's so me. I call him Boozer. <laughs> Probably is. But yeah. uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I think he uh, the, the he's good. You know, he's probably gonna be a top ten. Uh, you know, talent definitely. So we'll, we'll see how things go. I think it's going to take a little bit of time. Um, you know, probably down the line, maybe two, three, four years from now. I think there'll be up and coming team, right? They'll be they'll be right there. So it's just it's you just got to let guys develop, right? Um, you got to go through the you know the rough years to get to the great years, right? Yeah, well, the Canucks right now, like they actually kind of remind me, like uh, we're both Leaf fans, and uh, this feels kind of like how the Leafs were a few years ago, right before they, you know, really flicked the switch and, and came alive. Um, you're, uh, you're a Raptors guy. Uh, do you, do you see much about the Leafs, uh, in, in what you do with, you know, your focus in Toronto, uh, all the buzz surrounding them? Oh, hundred percent, man. By the way, you, you guys are just like Raptors fans. We're, we think we're going to win everything every year. It's through the, <laughs> through the rough times, to the great times. It doesn't matter, man. Like, we think we're going to win it all. It's amazing. I love that mentality. I love it. Because um, every year we get shut down real hard. But this year, um, <laughs> this year, I think this is the year. that I, I'm not completely sold that they're going to win the Cup because I think they have to have um, – they've gone away with their high uh, octane offense. 
offensive game this year, like the Leafs, because they've been scoring like crazy. But, you know, they've been allowing goals, right? So I think they got to tighten some screws up in the defensive uh, end and, you know, maybe the net, um, you know, make some changes and stuff like that. But I think they have a real good shot. I think if I were to call two teams that are going to make the, the finals, I would say it's Winnipeg and uh, the Leafs. I would say that would be great. That would be huge for hockey. Wow. I'd be into that. I'd yeah. be into that. I actually, I almost don't want it to happen because I like both teams so much that I would prefer to not have to pick between the two in the finals. But, uh, yeah, you know what? You got a point there. Like, they're two really young teams that have a lot to give uh, in terms of talent and, and watchability and things like that. Have you have you heard much about the William Nylander situation in Toronto? Um yeah. His contract holdout, are you familiar yeah, with that? Yeah, I guess, I guess they're kind of like Jimmy. It's a bit of an awkward situation because I see a bunch of commercials on TV about William Nyland or Nylander or whatever his name is there. And it's just like I see all these commercials, but he's not playing. So I'm not too familiar with why. <laughs> I, I assume it has to do with money. Um, is, that, is that the... Yeah, he's, he's a difficult player to try to evaluate how to pay him just because, like, he's had back-to-back 61-point seasons. and the thought is that he is the talent level of an 80 to 90 point guy that just hasn't had it happen yet, but that it's probably still going to happen. Like, it's not like people are soured on him. He just, he just hasn't done it yet. Cause he's only 22. It just hasn't happened for him yet. Um, but there's a, there's a large belief that he has more to, to give in terms of his production. And, uh, I guess that makes him kind of difficult to evaluate. So that's where they're at right now. Um, he's got to sign by December 1st, otherwise he can't play this entire season. Yeah. So, uh, he'll, he'll have a deal done by then. Like he'll be back by then, but there's just so much panic, um, because he's not signed and it's six games into the season and the Leafs are five and one now. Yeah. And they're scoring without him that now everyone's panicking and saying that they should go out and trade him for a defenseman. But my thought is that eventually Matthews is not going to be scoring two goals a game. No. And Tavares isn't going to be getting five points a night. And you're going to need another body there to kind of help create some offense, right? Because outside from Matthews and Tavares and uh, and Marner, there really isn't any forwards on the Leafs that have been productive so far this year. It's actually just been kind of like a perfect storm. Yeah. To have a guy like Nylander gives them more options. And I, I think that trading him for a defenseman right now would be insane. Because the other thing is, if you can't afford Nylander, uh, you got to pay whoever you're getting as well. Yeah. So if you're getting a guy who's worth $4 million a year and you save, you know, you're supposed to pay Nylander eight and you save that $4 million, well, how good is that guy that you only paid $4 million? You know what I mean? The player coming yeah. back, why is he only making yeah. $4 million? And I, you know yeah. what I mean? So, like, it's it's something where, like, if you got to pay the man. That's what it, I, and from everything that you just said, you got to pay the man. Like, he has so much upside. You guys are talking about upside and all that stuff. You can't let you – can't, he can't show his upside if you don't let him play. Um, and it, I guess it goes both ways because he could probably just, you know, step on the ice and just play or whatnot. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it's time for minimal money. But you get, you, you got to know your worth. Um, it doesn't matter if it's hockey. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's um, just a regular job or whatever. If you don't like, – and my, my buddy Havard said this. If you don't ask for more money – they're never going to pay you more money. They know whatever yeah. job it is. Yeah, they they know you're worth more money. money, but if you're not going to ask for it, then what's the point? 
So I think if you're the Leafs yeah. and you and you want to take a real shot at this thing, and within the next one or two years, and you want to win the cup, you got to pay this guy. Suck it up. Uh, take out take out the hundreds. Throw them everywhere. Throw them at this kid. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're a strip club. You know what I mean? Throw yeah. them. Cause yeah, you're the you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're you're made of money. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, you sleep on you sleep on a bed of money. Yeah, at night. Like, just pay the man. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, like it's gonna cost you at first. I I agree. It's gonna cost you at first, but no, you know, that's there's that's that's my thought. Honestly, is is I think they know that he's worth a certain amount of money, and and I get that you don't want to just hand out contracts for the sake of handing them out for sure, but. At the end of the day, I, I think we're talking about a, a pretty unique uh, possibility for the Leafs to build an offense that we've never really seen in a salary cap era. And so I think they have to harness that and get him back on the ice. And the more he plays, the more you'll know if you made the right decision or not. Right? That's another thing is, it, is if you wait two months and sign him and then, you know, end of the year, he's only got so many points. You're like, okay, well, maybe it's because he started so late. And maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I, I think the more he's going to play this year, the more you can evaluate what you have in him, what you have with the team and, and where you go from there. But um, it, it's going to be interesting to see for sure. I, I'm hoping it gets resolved sooner rather than later. Cause I do like the kid. Um, but yeah, what um, South of the six, what can you, what can you tell us about South of the six? Oh, that's Rod? just the, uh, the website I'm writing for, you know, Adam Corsair is the, the owner of that, that website. Um, so it's just it's it's a unique unique opportunity how to take a chance on it. Um, you know, it's a great website. They talk about the the Blue Jays and you know, Raptors. Um, it's it's this funny story. Like you know, I've seen this guy's like stuff being retweeted all the time, like last year and stuff like that. And then I kind of just you know DM'd him uh, like you like you would DM a girl, right? And took your shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shot, yeah. Your shot, right? Lighting in. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And like. You know, he had a thousand followers. On. I know about that. Yeah, you got it. You got to take your shots, man. You're not shooting. What's the point? Um, but, you know, I took my shot. Uh, you know, he had a huge following on Instagram. Um, you know, Twitter took my shot with it. Said, hey, like your stuff. Here's some of the like, sample stuff that, you know, that, that I've written before. I sent it to him. He said he loved it. Um, so, you know, I've continued to write for him. You know, not as much as I'd like to because it's been busy and stuff like that. But with the Raptors season rolling in, um, I'll be writing a lot more stuff, kind of like a weekly thing, you know, how I thought the week went for the Raptors uh, and whatnot. And, you know, the way I'm trying to write now is, you know, not, is not try to be completely biased. You can't be biased in, in, in an industry like this. You got to find, you know, things where you got to keep a level. Yeah, hundred percent. You can't just say the Raptors are the best. There's no, yeah. Some people will believe you, but like 90% of the population is like, dude, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, they're not that good. You know what I mean? They're not yeah. the Golden State Warriors. So you got to find things to nitpick. And um, and he's got a you know a podcast on there as well. Um, and I'm going to be jumping on that um, November 3rd. So I'm excited for that. You know, yeah, he's, he's a great host too as well as, you know, like you guys, man. Like, asking solid questions and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm very excited. Um, and he has some great stuff. He has different writers on there. He has some great stuff too, right? So... You know, it's it's an exciting opportunity. That's at the end of the day, that's where I, I want my career to end up um, in the journalism game, whether it's like you know radio broadcast or TV or something like that. You know, one day, hey, I could be beside Jack Armstrong. He's still kicking. You know what I mean? Ooh. That's uh, yeah. You never know. You got you got to dream big, boys. 
dream big. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the guy that I've always wanted to meet in that uh, in basketball, Dick Vital. I I'd love to just sit down and have a beer with that guy. He he is the best. That guy would definitely have a beer with you guys, hundred <laughs> percent. Try to get him awesome. on the show. Love <laughs> you. Yeah, all right. That's what we'll strive to do. Dick Dick Vital yeah. or Jack Armstrong, one of the yeah. two would be good. Right. We'll get him on the podcast. Right, probably ring. He probably ring him in and be like, "Hello." You know what I mean? It'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be awesome. Perfect. Yeah. No, no. Um, okay. Well, you guys uh, you can find Rod at southofthesix.com, as we just said. Also, uh, are you still at Uncle Rodzi on yeah, Twitter? I wish I could change that, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I'm stuck with Uncle Rodzi. <laughs> <laughs> you can. You can. You can go into the settings and you can change it because I was not always at Brutes Pataglia. And I, I changed it to that when I didn't want to be uh, my actual identity. So... Uh, you should be able to. Uh, you should be able to just do that as well. Yeah, well, uh, I'll try to figure that out. Figure that out this afternoon. You know, if I don't dip into the Mill Street Organics too hard, to be able to figure that out. Kawhi fan number one. That's nice. what you should change it oh, to. Yeah, that's nice. true. No, that's that's too Raptor heavy. I gotta I gotta find an, an I gotta find a median. You know what I mean? I gotta find that line. That fine line. Talking about not having a bias, yeah. there, and then just do that. So, yeah, I can't be Uncle Rob anymore, though. I don't know. I gotta switch that up. That was a. Uh, that was a bad. Oh, you are you are Uncle Rodzio. I'm not that creepy uncle. I'm just that. that oh, you are. <laughs> I'm that cool uncle. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's awesome. All right, Rod. Well, thanks a lot for uh, for calling in, and uh, all the best to you this year. We'll we'll have you back on, I'm sure, once uh, once so, the season yeah, starts to progress a little win, bit. Maybe, uh, yeah. yeah. Once, once they're like five and zero, we'll get you on, and we'll start planning the parade. How does that oh, sound? Oh, be amazing! Sure. Hey, if they're zero and five, I'll come in, bitch. I will come in and rant. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun. Too. Yeah, that could be oh, fun too. Yeah. Okay, Rod, take it easy, hey. buddy. Thanks a hey, lot. Thanks eh? for having me on the show, guys. Our thanks go out to Rodrigo Albazarez of South of the Six Sports, and I guess South of the Six Sports uh, as well. Yeah, check out, uh, check them out for sure. They talk about uh, Raptors and Blue Jays, and uh, it's an American website, or American-owned website, I should say. And, um, yeah, they just talk about Canadian content uh, down in the States. I think it's a pretty cool concept. Mm-hmm. We're happy for uh, Rod that he's he's got that uh, set up and working out for him. Yeah. Any, I, uh, any more exposure our country can get, you know, we're trying to... Yeah, we're trying to build uh, an empire. Well, we here, don't want so. it to be all about the the, the drugs and the. Uh, what the hell's going on here? Your room is warm in here. You're, you're hot. Yeah. Oh, holy man! Part of the sickness, maybe. Yeah, you? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not very warm at all. Oh, okay. To be honest with you, okay. Uh, uh, do you do you need some? Do you want me to get the fan going here? No, no, no. It's fine. We'll get the fan going here is... for you. Sorry, there you go. A little bit of fan for you, nice, Jimmy. There nice, you go. Nice and cool. Where, where can uh, where can everybody find Rod on Twitter? It's he changed it. Oh, he did change it. Uh, Rod is now. Yeah, because I need to update. I was he's different. I was going to suggest Rod the Bod, like, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, don't know. I don't think he would like. Rod that is now at Rodzi Albazarez on Twitter. Yeah, check him out. Um, so you can find him there. Lots of good stuff, and uh, yeah, uh, again, great time. Yeah, that was that was great. Yeah. Um, I I'm. I'm very happy he got his brunch that day because I don't know how good of an interviewer he would have been without that brunch because, oh, well, like us, we were he was feeling it. We were all pretty hung-hung. Yeah. He, because um, I was texting him afterwards, he uh, had another Mill Street Organic, 
and then took like a three and a three and a half hour nap. So nice. that hangover day worked out pretty well for me. You think you think Rod's out in BC right now, just uh, taking advantage of the new cannabis uh, laws in in our country? I know he's watching the Raptors right now. Oh, and he's probably yeah, he's probably just as stressed out as I am with the Red Sox on in the background here. Okay. So okay. if you because the Red Sox game just started, if you hear any uh, pausing from me or freaking out, uh, please forgive. On that note, what do we got? Uh, Come on, Devers, you son of a bitch. There we go. There we go. one nothing Boston. 2 nothing Boston. There we go. Uh, what are we talking about next? Oh, right. So there was a tweet. Ray Ferraro sent out a tweet. Um, just after we recorded the episode last week. Uh, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, Ray Ferraro essentially said that Austin Matthews was, the way he worded it anyway, the first tweet, it made it seem like he was calling Austin Matthews the best player in the National Hockey League, um, which for me is a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. He then later reiterated that his thought is that Austin Matthews is basically right at Connor McDavid's shoulder, that they're almost neck and neck uh, in terms of being the best player in the world, that they're very different players but they are so dominant on their nights that um, that they're more comparable than people give them credit for being. Um, anyway, it caused a shitstorm, to to say the least. Is you know, Leaf fans didn't agree with them. Uh, Oiler fans didn't agree with them. Then Penguin fans are like, "Well, what about Sidney Crosby? Like, what we've been fucking hearing about Sidney Crosby for 13 years? Just relax." So yeah. Everyone freaked out. Ray Ferraro had to kind of defend himself, but also Ray doesn't give a fuck. So, yeah, you know what I mean? He didn't really defend himself all that much. But, yeah, so it, it caused a big, big debate, and now everyone's talking about Austin Matthews like he's the best player in the league. My question to you is, because I guess now maybe there are three logical answers to the question. There was a point in time where, you know, Stamkos and Crosby and then other people were in that discussion. And who... Conor McDavid, I guess, best player in the world to you? Yeah. Who's yeah. number two? Right? Austin Matthews. Yeah, so you agree with him. Pretty to, much. To a sense. Like, you, if you look at... If you look at... If this story came out a month ago, I understand the backlash. And you can only... Well, it's, yeah, it's based off what you saw sure. most recently from him, which... The most recent NHL game we played was when the Leafs lost in Game Seven. Yeah, and it wasn't good. But you can only comment on on the information you have and the information that's most current and relevant. And right now, Austin Matthews is playing himself in the discussion of you know of that tier of, of top three players in the NHL. And everyone's going to talk about well, it's early. You can't you can't know it's you. It's seven games. Sure, it's only been seven games, but you can't talk about game 82 yet because game 82 hasn't happened yet. So you can only talk about the seven games that have happened. And after seven games, Austin Matthews is looking like a threat out on the ice right now. And take it from me, I'm a Leaf fan. I know a thing or two about watching other teams having the best players in the league. Uh, And for once, it's nice to say that it's, it's a member of blue and white. But... I don't know. Like I, I think it's closer than people make it out to be, but it's not a situation where Connor should be looking over his shoulder anytime soon. 
It's, it's a number two, Sidney Crosby. <laughs> it's still, is it though? It's still Sid. Sid, like, just to me, okay, so here's how I kind of look at it is another thing is what do these players do when they play each other? And Sidney Crosby, more time, oh. usually runs Austin Matthews into the ground. Yeah, sure, but we could say the same about Nazem Kadri shutting Connor McDavid down pretty. That heavily. is a that okay. So there's another point. That's why McDavid isn't a threat every single night. Goes back to the point I was making earlier. Thank you, James. I'm pretty sure for he had two goals point. that night. Thank but, you. Yeah, okay. McDavid did. Yeah. No, he didn't. Kadri had three. McDavid had one or two. I'm I don't even sure. remember that game. Yeah, I don't even know when that was. Yeah. Well, anyway. Mario. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, I still think it's Sid. I think I, Sid's in the top I, five. I, 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 I still think, think Sid. Uh, I don't think he's third. Yeah, I'd he's put him fourth. He's third. So who else is up there? I, I'd put Nathan McKinnon above Sidney Crosby right now. God, that's fucked. That's fucked. You're fricked, bud. Sorry, bud. You're Sorry. fricked. You're fricked, bud. All right. No. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting debate. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like I also think Carlson deserves some respect there. Um, obviously, last year he wasn't the best. Like, it's hard, right? Because then hard. you start it. Like, the more you go down the list, the more players you can make the argument for. And then that's when you get into a huge, massive debate of who the top twenty, who's the top forty. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's hard to say. For me, I think it's still McDavid. Sid, I think Sid. We'll see what he does this year. We'll see if he slightly, slightly declines. Now, saying decline, I'm not talking about, like, turns into a second-line center. I mean, isn't, like, insane anymore, and is just, like, really, really good. Yeah. Um, you know, and turns it's out tough. to be the fifth it's best tough, forward. Like, how, I don't, how do you how do you grade goaltenders against forwards? Well, and... I don't. They're just two different classes. <sighs> is that right, you, though? Sure it is. Because it, you, you, you play the same game in a defenseman? Not really. Uh, you still skate so. around. You're still... You're well, still you still play with the puck. In, in that Goalies case, don't play with the puck, really. In that case, I think you have puck. to have Alex Ovechkin in, in, in that top five discussion. Yeah, the, top five. Do you think guy, he's better than Matthews? Maybe. Like, the guy just won a cup, and he led the league in, in goals last year. Okay. That's that's admirable. That's worth yeah, recognizing. So, what? Because what, his 200-foot game isn't as good as somebody else's? You can't be up there? Well, that's what well, you're that, judging players on. Sure, but... That's part of the game. Okay, but... You can't compare the defenseman's offensive role to Alex Ovechkin's in the same way that you can't judge Alex Ovechkin's defensive role to a defenseman's, and just like how you can't judge a goaltender's ability to play with the puck to a goaltender's ability to stop the puck. Like, it's got to be a little bit of wiggle room here, don't you think? No. Wow. <laughs> All right. Goaltenders are not hockey players. I've said it before. <laughs> I will say it again. They are not hockey players. All right. They're they're just I like I get it. I understand that. Goaltenders, like, there was a time where you could say, like, it was Crosby and then it was Price in terms of how they were, how dominant they were to the game. And I get it. Goaltenders have the ability to dominate the game. And in terms of value, like, if you're, if you're, like, extrapolating their value according to other players in the league, then, yeah, there are goaltenders in the top 10, maybe. Bobrovsky, probably. All right. Maybe Vasilevsky cracks a top 10. Hard to yeah, say. Maybe. But, like, I'm just saying, I'm not saying that they're less valuable or anything like that. What I am saying is that when you're talking about the best player on the planet, you're talking about the guy that is skating around and doing things on the ice. The goaltender skates around and does things on the ice, but just in a different way, right? Right. So, 
Yeah, it's just a different. Like who who's better at? I don't know. It's tough. I think Matthew's fucking Ray too. Ferraro. Stupid tweet opening up a shit storm. I guess it is a hard debate. I don't know. I don't. I don't care. Maybe next. Maybe next week's top ten. We'll, we'll do top ten NHL players currently. Oh yeah. Maybe. Uh, well, I guess we're doing it now. <laughs> I said maybe. Oh man. Look at this. Look at this. Is this a catch or no? Hit the wall. Uh, oh. I don't know. Hit That's fan point. interference. Is it fan interference? Yeah. Or? The hands are coming over the wall. Oh, maybe they're not. Different angle. Uh, hard to say. Uh, it's kind of close. Could be a home run. Did the ball hit the wall the other night, do you think? Last night? Not a chance. 20 camp? Not a chance. So that, that was what? His head hitting the wall? That was, uh, you know how, like, baseball... That's what I thought it was at first. I thought that's why his helmet came oh, off. Oh. Or, sorry, his hat came off. Is I'm like, oh, his head hit the wall. You, you know how, like, baseball gloves are built, eh? They have got webbing. For those of you who didn't see, we're talking about uh, Tony Kemp. Uh... Hitting the wall, magically making a massive noise that you could hear over 50,000 fans at Minute Maid Park. Yeah. Um, and apparently that wasn't the ball hitting the wall. No, it was. was the it was sound just, of, you know, uh, because there's a webbing in the glove, those mm-hmm. holes, so the glove, the ball can literally hit the wall, but be inside the glove at the same time. Yeah, you, you should, you should maybe take a look at his glove. He didn't have a web. I've, I've, I've seen the video many times. The, web. the ball hit the wall either. So. Yeah. The, no chance. I hit the no, no chance. All right. Well, you fucking won the game. We're gonna we're gonna do our top ten because I get to pick James out of my house here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, top ten tragically hip songs, logical oh, choice. Boy. Uh, we were gonna do something else, and then you know what? It's just it's emotional. Yeah, it's just uh, the right thing to do. Um, so we're doing the top ten a little bit differently here. Uh, we're going to do a comparative top ten, and we're gonna compare our lists and nice. see. Uh, yeah, see the Be- see you know. Before we start, do, how, do we have any that are the same? Do we have a is this mm-hmm. the, is, do I have a bunch of songs that are the same? Do like there's a bunch of duplicates here? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We'll get there. Oh, okay. Okay. What's your number ten, man? Oh, my number ten is uh, the 1996 song "Ahead by a Century." Oh, God, I don't know years. Oh, I can't. Well, I don't remember years. I'll tell you. How's that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember years. I think I might be able to get a few. Yeah. We could do it. We could do a tragically hip quiz kind of thing while Ooh. I do it, and I can see if I can figure out what. Nice. Year we'll see how. Is. We'll see how you go. Okay. Yeah, no, Head by a Century off of uh, Trouble in the Henhouse. Uh, probably their first big, you know, international yeah. hit, I think. You know, like that that, that got some actual Ro- playing time. The Road Apples was what, 94? No, Road Apples was 92. No, 91, sorry, 91. Was there an album in between there that I'm forgetting? Road Apples and... Between Trouble in the Henhouse and Road Apples. Two. There were two? Yeah. What are the two? Fully Completely. And oh it, and yeah. Day for night. Okay. Uh, my number ten is New Orleans is sinking. Nice. From nineteen eighty nine. You got her, bud. Nice. You one for her. one, boys. There you go. One for one. Uh, yeah, our intro song. I didn't even realize that was our intro song. Yeah. That's just a classic. Yeah, it is. It's a classic. Big, big girthy riff to start you off. Yeah. And, girthy. Oh yeah. Bluesy as all hell. <clears throat> I know what it outs with a massive stick. Number nine, James. Number nine. Uh, this is surprisingly enough the only song on my list um, that made it out off of the, uh, the their big album fully completely. Mm. Um, oh no, sorry. That is not the <clears> my number one. I, I, oh, I already know where your oh, number boy. one is without even hearing your. All right, list, and, my uh, mistake. Uh, Either way, uh, courage. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you played uh, that the other night, didn't you? We opened with it. I was drunk. The band so. name. True. Yeah. 
we uh, I, I like that one. It was it's always been one of those songs like uh, you know he took a big uh, big chunk of it from that uh, Hugh Ma- McLennan McLennan yeah. Hugh McDonough Hugh McDonough uh, poem no, from I the fifties. Hugh McLennan is it Hugh McLennan yeah. Hugh McDonough McClellan. Oh Sorry, Hugh McDonough is the actor. Is uh, he Neil McDonough? Yeah. Neil McDonough's an actor. Hugh Grant is also an actor. Yeah. I don't know if you're confusing the two. Yeah. Um, my number nine is from the 1992 album, Fully Completely. You got her. Boom. Uh, looking for a place to happen. Yeah. At one time, probably was my favorite hip song, but then my taste sort of changed. And But it's still up there. Jacques Cartier. Great, yeah, Jacques Cartier. Right this way. Uh, right this way. Great intro, good drums, good stuff. Real good jam. Yep. Yep. You? Uh, eight? Number eight. Uh, lead single off of uh, 94's uh, Day for Night, Grace 2. Oh, nice. So now I got that album. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. There you go. There you go. Grace 2. Grace 2. She said, I'm, uh, she said I'm tragically hip. So Come on, just let's go. Yeah, let's go. I like it. Yeah. Uh, SNL, they played on SNL, actually. They, had, they did. Yeah. They That's had, true. They had the, the whole country at, at their beck and call, and they chose to go with Grace 2. It's okay. And and then they played Nautical Disaster, oh, which yeah. I thought was it's a good song. But like if, if you've got Love everyone it. watching you, you got a real chance to you know take somebody by the balls, and you just you had fully completely balls. a couple of years ago. Maybe something an album would have been a little better. But whatever, I'm not marketing manager for the hip in the early nineties. It's my favorite uh, <laughs> version of Nautical Disaster. Is their SNL version? Okay, so that's yeah. fair. I'll give you that. They they killed it. Just so, kind of a weird song. Nautical Disaster make your list? No, not mine either. No. Sorry. Oh, late cut though. Yeah. The rest of their songs were late cuts. I should add. Every both of us. Yeah. All the other the other two hundred. Yeah. yeah. Um, number eight for me is "In a World Possessed by the Human Mind" from their twenty. I got to do the math now. Twenty sixteen album. There you go. What the hell was the album called? I can't remember now. Machine. Oh, Mad Machine. Poem. Mad Machine poem. Right. Yeah. Right. That's that's by far the newest song on either I list. So I mean, it's the last album. Well, yeah, I would hope so. It's the newest song. Well, yeah, <laughs> by about ten years. Yeah. yeah. What's your seven, bud? My uh, seven is. Uh, oh, as... I'm three. I'm three for three, by the way. I'm oh, you years. are. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great. Uh, as makeshift as we are. Um, nice. That's about around the time when I started listening to the hip, when I started really getting yeah. into hip. Oh uh, four. And, uh, yeah, you know what, that one, that's just a case of, you know, you, you listen to the words and it makes no goddamn sense at all. And I love it. I have no idea what he's talking about. There is zero sense. There is, there is no path or, or plot to the, to the lyrics. And it, it's fantastic. Love it. Pure nonsense. I love that. Beauty. Love it. Uh, my number seven is in view off their 2000 and, uh, 2006? 2006 album? World yeah. Container. You got it. There we go. You're killing four it. Four for four. Boom. You're killing it. You're running out of albums. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I double up here at some yeah. point. I definitely do. So I, uh, I'm i not going to go 10 for 10. Well, I will go 10 for 10 because it's going to be easy to go 10 for 10 because it's going to be repeats. Yeah. But uh, yeah, big fan of In View. What a really different song. They don't really have another song like In View. Very, not, not that like their songs sound the same, but like you could compare... Types of songs. Yeah, it's very just like pop rocky. Yeah, 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 it's it's just very. It's a, it was like a radio hit type of song, without it really seeming like oh the hip are selling out or like the hips are hip are getting lazy. Like it's still a very unique kind of song. Right. I like it. 
There you go. Well, my uh, number six and and six and five, I'll say I'll get this out of the way now. Both off the same album. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six is Fireworks. Oh, okay. Off of Phantom Power, nice little little hockey tune, you know. Mm, uh, the hockey for you. For a long time, it was my favorite hip song. Hockey. And uh, yeah, nice little nice little way that, you know Gord takes the Cold War and 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 romance and finds a way to you know intertwine them and dashes in a little bit of Bobby Orr at the same time. So nice, it's beautiful. Nothing like a good dash of Bobby Orr in your suit. <laughs> right? uh, <laughs> number six for me. Oh, same album. Nice. Look at that as your song. Yeah. Uh, number six for me is Escape is at Hand for the Traveling Man. See, I didn't off give of it. Phantom Power. I didn't give it the year from though. 1998. You got it. Yep. Um, yeah. Another one that at one point I think was probably my favorite hip song, and uh, love it. Still love it. It's another unique one. Uh, really interesting story in the song. It's one of my favorite stories that they tell in a song. Um, yeah. And told well. It's told yeah. well. Yeah. They play. Uh, they played with a band called Escape Is At Hand for the Traveling Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that band's out there still. Yeah. I'm not holding my breath. Imagine, like, imagine okay, like it might be the real name of the band. Like, you know what I mean? He may have just like substituted the band in the story, or like made up the band name or whatever. Could you imagine like being in that band ten years later, or you were in that band and like, fuck, now we're in a hip song. We could have yeah, kept going. Could have kept the dream alive. You know what I mean? Kept the dream cash alive. Cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five, also from Phantom Power, Bob Cajun. Uh, mm, nice. 1998 single of the year. At the Junos, um, if the hip weren't already great by this point in Canada, uh, I think Bob Cajun, I think sold sold it to the rest of the fan base. You know, you know the bit from uh, Talladega Nights when Ricky Bobby does the uh, the commercial for Big Red. Yeah, he's like, if you don't like Big Red, then fuck you. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel about like people that are, like don't like Bob Cajun. Right. That's fire. That's that's very fair. Yeah. Um, that's fire. Yeah. No, their their first their, is fires, their so. first few years they're bluesy rock and it only appeals to a certain you know demographic, but uh, no, by nineteen ninety eight you know you're winning Junos and shit like that. Uh, I think that's really when they they took the whole country by storm. Uh, number five for me, Grace two, oh. from nineteen eighty nine. No. Ninety four. 94. Ah, I mix those albums up all the time. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're, what, seven for eight now or something? No. No? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Yeah>. a... <laughs> I'm not keeping track. Oh, holy fuck. We gotta get you out of here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, Grace too, man. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. We got to get you out of here. Oh, like sure. That. You're dying. Sure. Number, what's your number four? Number four. Uh, it's a good life if you don't weaken. Mm, nice. That's emotional. It is. It's a good one. Um, one of my favorite Gord Downey quotes of all time. Yeah. Before they play that song in Toronto in 2004. It's, it's good a good life if you don't break too many guitar strings, and it's a pretty good life if you do. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, not off their most, uh, you know, recognized or appreciated album. It's actually Bob McKenzie's favorite album, In Violet Light. It is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just a very slow, methodic. Uh, it's, it sounds almost experimental. Like, they didn't really know what they were going to do when they first started writing it. And, and that came out, and I think it was genius. Mm-hmm. My number four is Locked in the Trunk of a Car. Nice. From 1992's Fully Completely. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thoughts? I love the way that it progresses. It just gets bigger as you go along. Right. And by the end, he's literally screaming like he's in the trunk of a car. Which, I, you know, yeah. it's up for debate if he is in the trunk of the car Ooh. at the start of the Maybe song. Maybe we're all in the trunk of the car. Maybe we're all in the trunk of the car. Anyway, yeah. great song. I remember when I first heard the title of that song, I was like nine years old and I died laughing. I that was <laughs> I'm like, that's a weird name for a song. This band's weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's one word. They're awesome. So, uh, number three, man. Number three, the first song on the first album that anybody ever heard the hip put out. Blow It High Doe. Nice. Could you imagine? Could you imagine, like, being alive, shutters, and being old I enough. I am alive. <laughs> and being old I enough to, imagine. like, go, like, buy a cassette in 1989 and popping that in. You've never heard of this goddamn band before. And that's the first thing that comes out of the speakers is that masterpiece of a tune? Wow. Sold. Instant Sold. fan. Instant fan for life. Sold. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Dog. Sold. Um, what are we at? Number three? Number three for me is Weed Kings. Weed Kings. Uh, always liked Weed Kings. It grew on me more um, in 2016 when we went out to Alberta to see the hip on their farewell tour. A lot of wheat out there. Um, a lot of wheat. We drove through a lot of cornfields. Oh, yeah. Well, not through them, but I guess <laughs> by them. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it just, for me, that, that one just grew and grew for me on that trip. And then um, probably the most memorable moment when we saw them for me was in Edmonton when they did Wheat Kings. And they had the whole crowd going. And um, every single person in the audience had a lighter or a phone going. And it was just pure light in there. Um, and a true yeah. story too. Yeah, one of those one of those real good cases where you know Gord was able to take, you know, something truly Canadian and put it to lyrics and mm -hmm. put it in music and one of those skills that very few Canadian artists seems to be able to. And I think that crash. whole trip because we just kind of planned that trip last minute. Yeah. So the quote, "No one's interested in something you didn't do," was kind of something that stood out for me too. Was right. just like. We could have not done that trip. Yeah. We didn't even know where we were staying until like three days before we left, and we just went, and we went for a week, and it was a great time. Yeah. Best trip I've ever been on. Unreal. Um, number two, man. I don't, know if the, I don't know if this song makes anybody else's top 20, uh, but number two for me, World Container. Nice. Uh, 2006, um, a piano-led, which was, at, I think, maybe the first time ever for the hip. Um, nice little ballad. Didn't love it the first few times I heard it. It really grew on me over mm -hmm. the last, you know, five years or so. Um, and this one I attribute a lot to uh, the producer of the album, Bob Rock. And I know most people when they hear Bob Rock, they're thinking, oh, that guy that made Metallica huge back in the late '80s. Well, yeah, same guy. But Bobby Rock. He 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 knew his, you know, song choreograph. Like that's the wrong word, but <clears throat> he knew how to like. He knew how to, like, develop a song. Not only do I know that's the wrong word, I don't even know what word you're looking for. You know when you hear someone fuck up a word and you're just like, oh, he means this word. I don't, like, I'm not, like, the, yeah. my thesaurus, my mental thesaurus doesn't work on that one. Yeah. I don't know what you meant. No, he he, just, no he knows how to build music in a way that is unique to Bob Rock. Bob Rock is the best producer ever. Yeah. Like, he, probably. Like, I don't know. I, don't I, I can't so. think of a name. He's the best Mutt rock. Lang is Best the only rock producer. Right, I Mutt Lang's say. the only other guy I can think of. Yeah, Mutt can go to hell. Okay, well, <laughs> yeah. 
Full container number two. Not a big, not a big mutt guy myself. <laughs> okay. But all right. Um, my number two is from the 1998 album Phantom Power. Uh, Bob Cajun. Nice. So there's this cop and he's in love with a girl from the country. <sighs> yeah. Brown Bob Cajun. Yeah. If you haven't checked out the uh, documentary about Bob Cajun hosting the hit playing Bob Cajun in Bob Cajun, check it out. It is more hilarious than anything and uh, almost speaks to the hip's ability to like not give a shit about themselves and put it all about the, the people behind the scenes and the fans and everything. And a really well done documentary. Uh, did you have anything, sorry, more to add with Bob Cajun though? Mm, could have been the Willie Nelson. Mm, definitely was the one. That song speaks to me now. That, <laughs> now that both of those things are legal in our country. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm probably gonna have a bottle of wine when you leave tonight. Ooh. I will not. Might have some <laughs> Buckleys. Oh man, do you work tomorrow? Yeah, I get the lunch. Good God. Yeah, I get to not wake up at 6 a.m., which is nice. That helps. That, that helps. I actually get to sleep in tomorrow too. Nice. Yeah. Um. You all right? Number one. <sighs> Lost the Chuckle Car. Yeah, no yeah. question about that. Uh, That's been your favorite song of theirs for a very long time. You know what? The thing, too, that, that pushed over the top for me was I, I always loved the song. Um, it was one of those songs that just kind of instantly, you know, grabbed me with the music. And um, it was only just recently, again, like I'll say in the last four or five years, that I found out it was another case of like a, a true story mm-hmm. that Gord is telling uh, from a Canadian perspective uh, and you know the, the one of the one of the more interesting parts of the song that i that i like was when the hip were trying to figure out what the lead single off of fully complete was going to be uh they had chosen locked in the trunk of a car which when you look at the set list like you're thinking like oh, it's it's maybe not the best song on the album or maybe like they're not the most popular song on the album but they went with it and instantly regretted it because at the time Two young girls had just been abducted in the oh, Toronto area yeah. and found in the trunk of a car, and they didn't want this connotation, and they tried to back out of it, but you know the the label had already kind of gone ahead with it and planned for everything, shot the video and everything, and so it was almost really hidden by the band. They didn't want to promote it too much uh, as being the lead single, just because of everything that had gone on at the time, and uh, I, I think it may have hurt the song a little bit in in that regard, but uh, for me, number one. Hmm. It's their most interesting song, I think. Yeah? It's up there. Not just lyrically, but more musically. Like, it's just... Oh, it's... Yeah. It's I've, a fascinating kind of song, the way I, that it builds. and Yeah. It's up there with So Hard Done By, musically, like, in terms of their bigger songs. Like, So Hard Done By is really, really weird, yeah. almost. Like, you know what I mean? I was, but, I was really honored, because on, on Saturday there, the, the guys allowed... I'll say allowed. Uh, allowed me to play that song which we hadn't done before and it being my favorite and me thinking this was the last time we're going to do it. I really wanted to give it a go. And I was, I was surprised at how difficult that song was musically for the guys to pick up. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they, they nailed it. <clears throat> they did a great job, but sure it, it took a while. Shout out to, to Cam Thomas. Time. Yeah. No, just shredding out there. He did amazing. Looking and, great. Uh, it was, it was tricky. I didn't realize how tricky that song was. So yeah. does Cam watch hockey? No. I was going to say, we should have Cam on the podcast. He's, well, we'll have him on anyway. He's, he's been to a hockey game, and I think since he went, he's kind of got it. Uh, that's the best way to go see a new sport, right? Just go see it live. Yeah. 
Uh, he's always he's always been a football guy. Except for football, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> he's always been a football guy. I think he's warming up to it, but it was just never one of those things growing up that he was, you know, big into hockey or anything. So, hmm. yeah, cool. Number one, man. Well, I know. <sighs> yeah, he shot a movie once. Yeah, yeah. So uh, to back it up with a little bit of a story, like uh, this, this I think this was another one that kind of grew on me when we went out to see them a few years ago. And I would have said, like, maybe in, in, like, the year prior to that, even that it was probably my favorite hip song. But what solidified it for me was, all right, so just a little story here. We go to the, we drive out to Edmonton. We leave on Thursday at 5 o'clock Thunder Bay time. We drive straight through. We stopped at a Perkins in Regina, Saskatchewan. Other than that, we didn't stop for maybe more than, like, 20 minutes at a time. We drove straight there. And uh, so we get there, we go out, we go out Friday night, we get obliterated. Saturday night's the concert. We've been amped up for two straight days of building anticipation. We figure we'll get there a little bit early because we're going to buy some merch. We get to Rexall Place at 7.30, or sorry, 6.30, no, I guess 5.30 their time because the concert's at 6.30 their time. And so we get there at 5.30. And we scanned three tickets, and I think it's you. It was you is going through the door last, and they scan your ticket, and they said it already been scanned. Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about? So we look at our tickets, and we had it. One of the seats was duplicated. So now we're in this situation where it's like one of us can't go. And I remember Sam, whose car we used to get out there. He was offering. Sam drove, and Sam's like, oh, I'll just go back to the hotel. We're like, no, we, <laughs> we drew, drove for a fucking day yeah. to get here to see this concert. You paid your money. You, you're not just doing that. So, although a risky strategy at this point, rather than just telling Sam to fuck off and go home, uh, I called StubHub irate, I might add. I wasn't irate, but like I was just like, oh, God, this is not going to be good. And so I talked to them. StubHub's customer service, I must say. They're not a sponsor of the podcast, but they may as well be. Because I what? have nothing but good things to say about StubHub. Once they picked up, it took a while. No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that they picked up, but the issue was that they had to connect to like a certain oh, department. Okay. And I just remember it taking a while to get well, going. So okay, but it is a complicated process Definitely. once this happens because not only do they have to connect the right people to the right people, but they also need to actually investigate it on the spot. They can't just take your word for it and and give you a code and and redeem it. Like they have to kind of. Make sure I bought the tickets, see yeah. who I bought them from, look at their history, look at my history in, in their StubHub accounts. Like They actually do have to do a little bit of digging, digging in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so what they found was that, uh, indeed, the person who sold me the tickets tried to cheat us and sell us a duplicate ticket. And so they said, well, we, can, we, we can't get that fourth seat for you because someone had already paid for that fourth seat, right? Uh, but we can upgrade you. Um, at no cost to you, and they and they gave me a a voucher, they like basically gave me an extra. My next concert was free, and uh, but the best part about this story, the guy I talked to on the phone, phenomenal, like fantastic customer service person. I don't know what he's doing now, but I hope he's working for StubHub because he was fantastic for them. And uh, we walked into our seats, the lights were already dark, like it was already dark in there. We got to our seats, 
literally the crowd started cheering and the bass line for Blow It High Doe started going. Perfect. Perfect. It was, it, the timing, like, we couldn't have been 10 seconds later for the timing to be even more perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it was just right at the right time. Everything worked out good. And I think uh, we even skipped getting beers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get beers for a while into that show. Yeah. Had to wait till the, uh, till the We Are The Same album set came out. <laughs> a fine album. It's uh, a fine album. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, th- I think that was when we went, yeah. But it was a good time. It was, it was a good concert. Uh, it was a good trip. And um, that was also the show where the random lady oh, okay. was dancing in front of us the entire time. Not not in front of us, like in the row in front of us. Like in our row, she came and was kind of like grinding up on uh, on you and Reggie a little bit there. So uh, She had left to go get what not I assume. Not consensually, I might was, Yeah. I, I assume she left to go get beers. And then she came back. And it's she like. She was getting something. And and she, she was passing back in front of us, and I thought, you know, okay, she's going to her seat, and then she Wasn't stopped. she one of the ones, one of those bad apples that was also smoking marijuana Could during have been. the concert? I, I wasn't really I paying attention. But, um... And then, for the invite. and then she stopped, and then, like, she's, like, freaking out to the song. I'm like, okay, whatever. She's a fan of the song. It's, it's fine. It's one song. And then she stayed. And stayed. And stayed. And I thought, this is, this, like, these aren't your seats. I don't know if you think they're your seats, but yeah. I'm in them. Yeah. So they're definitely not your seats. You had, you had the James, like, eyebrow thing going on, too, where it's just like, oh, God. <sighs> Sam, you didn't look happy, anyway. The whole time Sam's telling me, oh, yeah, go for it. Like, no, go for no, it. What are you talking about? This, go for it. this is not a good situation yeah. to be involved in right now. Put a damper on my uh, nautical disaster experience that evening. Yeah, but, uh, for that's, sure. That's about you know. The but thanks complaints. to StubHub for getting us the oh, new seats, even definitely. though it's just like a year yeah. and a half, two years late. And uh, fun fact, uh, you know what I used my voucher to go see? Hmm. I went to go see a Lady Gaga concert with the with the money nice. left over. Starsborn hammered. <laughs> so like you know what I mean? I didn't really I didn't really pay for the concert, so it's no big deal. But there you go. Yeah. Anyway, there's your top ten. Uh, there's your tragically hip discussion. Um, there's your podcast, really. There's your podcast. Yeah. Take the good, you take the bad, and there you have my opening statement. There you go. Be sure um, to check out South of the Six and our boy South Rod. Six. Rodzy. Um, Airedale. Again, I apologize check out for Airedale. the poor oh, backstory. There. No, even, why are you bringing it up again? Like, <laughs> like, oh, just oh, let yeah, it go. Do you guys remember? <laughs> <laughs> Elberelco disappeared. Uh, oh, God. Is on a plane. Uh, this whole episode just tied together, didn't it? Did. Like a neat little present. Fantastic. Okay. Um, yeah. Next week, it should be just us. Yeah. Uh, but we should have... I'm sure we'll have a guest at some point in the next few weeks. I gotta. When's the great cup? we got to get uh, our boy Johnny Chosick in our, our CFL insider. Mm, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Ben Teller of this podcast, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Hey, Brutes. Um, I think we're good. Okay. And we will see you next week. Or you hear you. We won't. We don't see you or hear you. <laughs> Bye. I've seen anybody. <laughs> cut, cut me off, please. <laughs> <laughs>
can all be lies Exciting over fair Or the right thing at the right time Everything is clear Just how you describe The way it appears A world possessed by the human Everything is quiet, little super dangerous.